Welcome to the podcast. So I saw this story about a street vendor in Morocco, and he had a bunch of watermelons. He's he's walking. He's walking across the street with the watermelons in, in his big cart. Cart, okay. cart tips over. Right. Oh, no, bad, bad problem. Uh, the, this man and this woman, they come over. They help him pick everything back up. And it, it, it and so then he just keeps going along with his day. And then I guess he, he was able to continue selling his melons. Is this really the bull that you want to tell me right now? This is the fucking story. Well, I don't like this story. I didn't. I didn't want to hear it. I don't even like watermelons. Well, who doesn't like watermelons? That's a ridiculous. I don't like watermelons. That's ridiculous. I don't. You know how I like watermelons? Soaked in vodka. Soaked in what? Vodka. You're talking like a kid, so it's hard to hear you. Soaked in vodka. You know what? That, that's what you want to fucking tell the audience right now that you like watermelon soaked in vodka. Wait, you like you're an alcoholic? Boring? Yes. Welcome to Game Genies. I am your second host. Thanks. I'm Ryan. I'm your first host. Um, we'll, uh, we don't even need to tell you your meet, name. Don't meet, even tell me your name. Meet the meet the second host, same as the old first host. What? It's like that song by The Who. How's it go? Uh, I mean, the song or what I just said? Who cares? Um. Oh, now you're yawning. We just started the podcast. You're going to yeah. fucking yawn. <laughs> I, uh, I don't even have champagne today. Why not? I ran out and I forgot to get some. Sounds like a personal problem. Excuse me? Don't say stupid shit like that. We got an important show for you today, though. Um, Why we, is it important? Um, what's important about the show? We have the Don't final, just say it. Commit to it and tell us why. We have the final four. God, I'm just starting. so angry with you today. I, I don't know if I can do the show. Well, I don't give a fuck because you're doing it. You're stuck here. You're doing it. Um... But anyway, I don't know. What do you? What, anything new with you in life? We had a Fourth of July picnic at the house. We had a big old barbecue. Nope. Everybody came over. None of that happened. Did it not? No. Oh. Anyway, um, what y'all do for Fourth of July? Y'all tell us in the comments. Tell us in the uh, tweet. Tweet. We don't at have us. comments. Tweet at us. Yeah, and now Brandon's trying to fuck with the the gaming wars uh, bracket. So you can put it on our website, and he's fucking up everything because it has Fallen Ages Seven way too fucking big. He's trying to no, put it's the, not the size. Logos. It's not the size. It's the background. I'm trying to find the background. Whatever. Um. Anyway. So yeah, we got an important show. We're gonna do the. We're gonna start our first. Uh, 
Uh, so we, we're doing just one matchup today because we have so many uh, criteria. criteria. Yeah. Seven we're criteria? Doing, we're do, yeah, we're doing Legend of Zelda versus uh, Counter-Strike today. That'll be fun. We'll do that later. Counter-Strike survived a shitload of things. And we have some Legend of Zelda. can't survive the original Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Well, we have, speaking of the original Legend of Zelda, if I can talk, uh, we'll have more on that in our tip of the top section, which is, it's been a slow news week. There's See, that. it's funny you say we're going to have that in tip of the tops, because I read through tip of the tops before the before the task started, and there is nothing in there. There's all, It's literally on there. If you read it, it's on there. Well, it sounds like you added it recently. Well, maybe in the last, you know, couple of hours, dickhead. Um... And that's what that's how you know it's tip of the tops machine gun fast pace what the fuck's going on this week because I'm adding it as the day is progressing that we're recording the podcast. Oh my god, Brandon's trying to fucking I'm looking at him trying to photoshop whatever he's doing and he just he looks like he's failing miserably trying to have fucking Don't is. don't comment, just fucking do the cast. Well, I, I can do, do two ca- things. I can do two things. You're not though. You're not doing do anything. Th- I'm doing both right now. Now you are talking. You weren't even talking. You were just fucking silent like a goddamn jackass for like 10 seconds. Ten seconds is a lifetime in a podcast world. You know that? Yeah, no. Oh, let's let's do ten seconds of silence. You want to see how fucking awkward it is for the audience? Right? No, I don't. Let's go. That was awkward. Anyway, um, anything new, Brandon? Anything you want to tell the genies? Um, everyone's going to die eventually, so I hope that makes everyone's day better. Yeah, it might. Um, what else? I don't fucking know. Um, I guess, uh, without fur- further ado, we can just go ahead and get on with the, uh, oh, wait, no, I need to say my little spiel, don't I? Jesus Christ, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'll wait for Brandon to finish, and then we'll fucking do if it. If you've never heard this go. podcast before, Ryan has some mother fucking knowledge to drop on your bitch ass. Game Genes is your chance to get an in-depth look at the industry's most up-to-date news. We provide analysis on all topics in the gaming landscape to give you, the gamer, some insight that you might not have had otherwise. And if you do have that insight, Ryan has a few words for you. You know, it's funny how Brandon always wants to edit while we're recording the cast on this and opposed to doing it before or after. It's always like, oh, yeah, I need to do this. Let me do it Because it takes me seconds. It takes me seconds to do it. We're on a minute fucking like six of the, of the episode. How many, uh, how, many min- how many seconds do you think that is? 600. You think, you think minute six is 600 seconds? That'd be minute 10, Ryan. So That'd be it's minute 60, 10. 60. <laughs> now you think it's 60 seconds. Do you know how to to tell time? Six minutes and 60 seconds. So that's seven minutes, right? That's seven minutes. We're not at seven yet, but... Well, then it's not what you just said. 68 God seconds. God damn it, 68 seconds is how long it's been. I'm done. Uh, I'm already done. Great, great, because I'm done with your You have to be all ass. bitchy about it. Also, if you haven't already done so, you can like, subscribe, all of our shit. Uh, you can find us on our social medias. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, tweet tweets at Game Genies Cast. You can find us on our website www.gamegeniescast.com, which is where he's going to put his stupid fucking little bracket thing up. Um, it looks good now. Yeah, it looks real good. It does. It looks look good. good. No, it's good. Um, I wanted to start using the logos once yeah, we got to the final, final four because you couldn't do it beforehand because it would be too messy. Um, okay, so I guess we'll get into our machine gun. It's what the. F- oh, god damn it! No, no, no not it's, again. It's too early. It's too early for this. Ha ha ha! I'm back!
Yeah, we can see that. What do you fucking want? I told you I would return when I had taken your beloved. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you haven't done that yet. Yeah. Why don't you check your messages, Ryan? <laughs> Why does he keep calling you Ryan? I don't know. He's fucking weird. What message are you talking to? What are you referring to? WhatsApp. I don't even fucking use WhatsApp. Let's we'll see. Wait, what WhatsApp? Got? No one uses that. No one uses it. Like, foreigners use it. Okay, here... Oh, okay, this is interesting. Oh. Oh, I have something from, uh... I have something from Monkey. You want me to play it? I guess. All right, let's see what the fuck he said. How'd you even know this, Fox guys? How'd you even know he fucking sent me this? I know all things in your realm. <laughs> you're not fuck. You're not a fucking genie. Stop acting like that. Okay, here, let's play it. Hello? Okay, hello. In, in case anyone hears this, just know I thought... I, I I thought I did what was best for me. I thought I finally got a big break. What the fuck? Just a lie. Ryan, Brandon, Fred, whoever is left to hear this. What is this? I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Just know that he's coming for you. And he is far more powerful than what you think possible. No, no, what? No, no, please, please, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go. Please don't put me back in. What the fuck was that shit? F- did you fucking do this, Fox guys? <laughs> I told you he would be taken. You said our beloved. Yeah, we're, he's not necessarily a beloved, but also, wait, what the fuck? Why are you man? doing this to him, man? Why he's gone we, through enough. Why are you always kidnapping people? You kidnapped me last year, now you fucking took monkey. <sighs> Wait, he was already. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? He was already in the asylum last year. Where is he? He is where you cannot go or traverse. What traverse? Like, is he in a tree? That's not what traversing means. I mean, you can traversing means that. I mean, you you can you can traverse a tree. You stupid, racist, sycophant. All right, here we go with this. Yeah, shit. I know. Okay, bring him. Get him. Bring, back. Yeah, bring, get him. Let get him, him go. Back. Let him go. Wait, wait a minute. Were you the one that fucking got him out of the asylum? That means. Wait, has he been working with you on this game or whatever? <laughs> All will be revealed in due time. Until next time, boys. Fuck off, you cisgendered pieces of shit. He's a real fucking asshole. Yeah, he is. I, I, the, I, fuck, man! I thought Monkey was getting his life together. I know. Was, I was he excited was be a part him. of a video game. Shit, we were so excited about it. What, we talking, know, we've been talking about it for weeks. How excited we were for it. We had to call the authorities, or what do we got to do? Yeah, we got to call the authorities. Call them now. Okay, hold on. Hello. Uh, yeah. Hello. Yes, I was. Uh, is this the police? This is the authority. Oh fuck. Okay. Let me guess. Your your last name Smallmouth. Yes. My mouth is small. Yeah, we get it. We get it. My name is Michael. How are you? I'm fine, Michael. I would like to report a kidnapping. What have? Can you give me more details? Okay, yeah, so our friend Monkey, Monkey Man, uh, he was kidnapped by this weird uh, kind of like terrorist-esque 
person that's been trying to ruin our lives. Monkey, monkey, monkey man. That's his name. Well, I guess his name. His name is real. His first name's Josh. Do you have his last name? I don't know his last. name. I don't know his fucking last name, Brandon. Shit. We don't know it. I would suggest you get some more information. Like maybe his actual name. You claim he's your friend, but you don't even know his name. And then just call us back, okay? So that you can't do anything. No, no, not without a name. Bye, bye, baby, baby boys. Bye, bye. What the fuck? Did he just call us baby boys? I don't know why he. What? What's up with the small mouse always calling? Their family's fucking weird. Okay, we gotta get some more information, and to get, uh, we can't even report a crime. We we don't even know our friend's last name, Brandon. I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, he shouldn't have gone by Monkey Man for all these fucking years. Anyway, okay, well, I'll, I'll work on this. Uh, shit. While we try to figure out information, I'll, I'll send a text to, like, Fred or something, even though I don't want to talk to him. I'll, I'll let him know. Maybe he can f- do something about it. Fuck. Uh, anyway, uh, Ryan, edit in the music or something like that. Tip of the tops, a machine gun, fast pace. what the fuck is going on gaming this week, aside from people getting kidnapped. Okay, let's go. All right, tip of the top. What do we got first, Brand? First up, we have Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Is that? What, do you even have it open? Or you? No. That's not the first topic. I, you just said it was in there. We'll get to that. N- Nintendo Switch. Yeah, there's a new Switch coming what? out in October. Did you not know this? No. Jesus Christ. Well, I've been fine, busy with my Photoshop. I'm the journalist over here, so that's fine. Um, I'm not impressed with it. Here's why. No one's not. I mean, Fred's not impressed either. I actually talked to him about it. He's not, and so you would think he would be, but <clears throat> well, it's got an OLED screen. It's got an That's OLED badass. screen. That's badass. Okay, fine. Okay, OLED screen, sixty-four gigabyte hard drive. Right. Okay, fine. Who what gives what a was fuck? the other one? Thirty-two. I guess. Um, then get this. enhanced audio though. Uh, great. And then the dock now has LAN connector. So fine. But apparently, it's now missing a USB that it used to have on the old dock. Uh, but I don't even, that's not even what I care about. OLED, fine. But, like, this isn't the actual, like, upgrade I was wanting. There's no graphical capacity, like, a uh, graphical upgrade. The GPU is still the same. It's still going to be 720p when you're fucking, uh, you know, in handheld mode. We're talking about 720p, Brandon, and we've had 4K for years now. For years. Yeah, but, like, an iPhone isn't 4K, is it? I don't know. That's a great question. You should look that up. My whole thing is just like it's it's not bad, it's fine, but it's not what I was wanting. Like there's a reason why they just kind of announced this in a press release yesterday and didn't announce it at like a, a Nintendo Direct. I think it's because they were like, yeah, it's not the upgrade that like like they like, wanted. There, yeah, there's a reason why next gen games, third party next gen games, are not coming out any longer for Switch, right? Yeah. Um. So they, they can't so handle it. Starting with the iPhone 8 Plus, it became 1080p. Okay. And then since then, it's gone above that, but it's not obviously 4K okay. because that's too much, but it's 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 still above 1080. Oh, no, no, never mind. All the pluses have been 1080. Okay. Well, either way, though, that's fine, but, it's well, so, not, but, but my point is it's not even 1080. Yeah, exactly. So like what's 1080, I'd be okay with, actually. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? So Nintendo's going to have to figure some shit out or else they're going to just fall behind again. Just like they did last generation, where they're before the well, switch, I mean, they're, they're, they're not trying to compete with 
They were for a bit. They're they're having all the games come out. They had Doom Eternal and shit come out. I think they just kind of are like, yeah, we can no longer support the graphical capacity of next gen consoles, so we're just going to do our own first party shit, which is exactly what they were doing like the Wii U days. So I don't know. They got to figure something out. But I'm just not that impressed. I mean, it's it's cool if you don't have a Switch. It's going to be three forty nine. That's the retail price. Were you like, okay, so you have an OLED screen? That don't impress me much. Oh my fucking god! You Shania Twain at a time like this with monkey kidnapped Shania Twaining. No, you're right. That was that was probably too far. Jesus fuck, man. All right. Well, so yeah, I'm just not. Then it's just, yeah. It's, I'm not going to say what you just said, but it doesn't. It does not. It just doesn't impress me. Much. Ah, fuck off. Um, I don't know. It, it isn't the color different on the dock. It's like a gray or silver or something. Yeah, like that. it looks. It's like uh, silverish or white. Great. I just don't think they were thinking. Again, like, isn't it weird that they they ju- we just had E three where Nintendo presented and they did not present this. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Why they wouldn't present this at new at E three? Especially it was in my predictions for E three. I mean, yeah, it's just weird to me. Um. <clears throat> yeah, and it's like a grayish white uh, Joy Cons too. Same Joy Cons. Oh, also, there's still a bezel. That's another thing that kind of annoyed me. There's still a bezel on the screen. Like, why couldn't they just make the screen go to the fucking edge or close to yeah, it? Close to it because it's still a pretty big bezel. Uh, that because I mean it is a bigger screen, but not that much bigger than the other one. Sure. So, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> There's an article in IGN that says the Switch OLED may not be the Switch Pro, but it's a very Nintendo move. I don't know what the fuck that means. That's an insult or not, but I feel like it is. I'm not going to read the article. Um, you read the majority of an article. Well, no, that was just the title. That was. I'm not going to read that article because I don't give a shit. All right, next up, what, uh, what do we got? Next up, oh shit, I just closed it. Oh my god. Why did I close? No, it must have crashed. No, nothing. I didn't crashed. close it. You didn't crash. You closed it. You just you did what you weren't thinking, and you closed it. I didn't. I didn't think. Yeah, that's your problem. Assassin's you Creed think. Infinity. What is up with everything? Just using Infinity and Infinite in their new titles. Is this become the new thing? Speaking of which, I watched. Infinite. Is this like X when X was like used in everything for a Maybe, while? Yeah. Because uh, first we had Bioshock Infinite. Now we have. Halo Infinite coming yeah. out, and yeah, now we got nine that's, years later, and then we got Assassin's eight, Creed eight, Infinity. Eight These are all eight to nine years later, so that's what we had the Infinity Saga. Yeah, uh, I watched Infinite the other day. It wasn't the, the best movie. What's that with Mark Wahlberg? Keeps getting reincarnated. It's just not that good of a movie. It was. Oh, it wasn't good. It was fine. It wasn't that good. Well, this is, it's a good thing. Um, this is a movie podcast since you're talking about this. Well, fuck you. You used to mention Infinity. Fuck. Okay, so <clears throat> Kotaku leaked this information today, and then it was confirmed by Ubisoft. It is going to be a um, Assassin's Creed uh, Fortnite-like evolving platform game. What? So they're no. It's going to be a games of a service game. So it's not going to be like every year they release another, or every other year another Assassin's Creed. This is supposed to like last for years. And when they say Fortnite, I don't know if that means. Can you imagine if it was like Battle Royale in it? That'd be weird. But you're like an assassin? I don't I have no idea. So there's not a lot of information on it, but in the story the statement from managing directors at Ubisoft, they said uh new they introduced as an important upcoming early in development project codenamed Assassin's Creed Infinity. So it might not even be the final fucking name, Brandon, so be happy about that. Um but yeah, that's really all they've kind of announced. But they did say that they brought in people from Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, creative okay. and uh, from Splinter Cell. Okay, okay. 
Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Okay. They said that. Wa- All right, I'm interested now. Okay. I'm interested. Shut the fuck up. So they said rather than continuing to pass the baton from game to game, we profoundly believe this is an opportunity for one of Ubisoft's most beloved franchises to evolve in a more integrated That's interesting. and collaborative, collaborative manner. Let me fucking finish the quote. Uh, that's less centered on studios and more focused on talent and leadership no matter where they are within Ubisoft. So it's going to pick out fucking people. But here's another problem. Like, with games like this, when they do this, right. it's like horrible working conditions. Well, it depends. Like, not everywhere is like that. No, but it could be. Although, the places that are not like that, you know what those games are typically? Indie games? Warzone. What do you mean Warzone? Warzone's known for not having, like, extreme working conditions. Yeah, but they also don't do a fucking thing to exactly, the game. Okay. exactly. That's what I was going to say. So you either get, oh shit, these are terrible small updates, or you get terrible working conditions. You have to pick one. Uh, you either live long enough to become the villain, or you die fast enough to become the man to be a hero, dumbass. Whatever. Um, okay. Well, anyway, uh, <clears throat> why you got that Home Depot bucket up there? What's that Home Depot bucket doing? Oh, that's for cleaning kegs. Okay. Oh shit, I got to order kegs. Ah shit, me too. Okay, um, what's what's next? Uh, so I mean, I don't, we'll, more information will come over the next couple months to a year. I'm guessing. Wait, uh, do you want me to do what's next, or do you want to keep talking about this topic? Because you said what's next, I was ready to say what's next, and then you just interrupted me by continuing on with this topic. The game's reportedly due out 2024, 2025. That's all I'm going to say. I'm done. GTA Six rumors. Okay, this is interesting, because I read this yesterday, and it's very similar. Is it? <clears throat> is it actually interesting? Well, the rumor is it's going to be in Vice City, but that's been a rumor cool. for a while. I'm sorry, you don't like Vice City now? No, like, I'm tired of us talking about rumors. I want facts, actual news um, content. You want to try that again, because you fucked up. Actual news content. Great. Okay, don't clap every syllable at me, motherfucker. I'm telling you the rumors because we still don't have it. Like, they, it's been years and they haven't said a fucking thing about GTA 6. But here is the rumor that uh, makes it interesting. Vice City, but it changes over time similar to Fortnite and Warzone. Okay. Like the map will change in okay. the story. So it'll be a kind of a games-as-a-service game as well, but mainly it just means I'm sure they'll have a battle pass if you want. Yeah, they'll call it something else. And then if you, you know, it's kind of cool, though, that maybe things within the world GTA will be influenced by different events or something. That doesn't, that doesn't interest you at all? I guess so. Well, you just sound like you don't like GTA. That's what it sounds like. It sounded like you don't like Grand Theft Auto. Is that a thing? I remember when Grand Theft Auto was real. Say it again. I remember when Grand Theft Auto was real. What does that even fucking mean? You know exactly what it means. When it was real. I don't even know what the, what the fuck kind of... What does that even... What does that say about you as a person? You like I when, remember when it was real. It still That's is, what I remember. It's still a real... What does oh, that even... Oh, here we go. Here we go with this bullshit. It again. is real. Here we go with this bullshit that Ryan's going to spit out. It is it's real, though. bullshit. You're bullshit. Everything about it is bullshit. What is fucking fake or bullshit about Grand Theft Auto? Everything about you is bullshit. Bullshit, 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 fucking asshole. Fuck you, what did I do, dickhead? Hey, Brandon gets some fucking highlights in his hair. He thinks he's fucking... Okay, we, yeah. that's he not what this is about. That's not what this is about. He thinks he's you know Dave what this Grohl is about? now. What? What is this about? It's about having heart right there. Hey, having heart right there. Stop it. Stop poking me, goddammit. And instead, you just fly up out with these fucking rumors. Like, rumor has it 
this is going to happen. And you know what? You know what? You know what the worst part about it is? Eventually, the real news is going to come out. And if your rumors are wrong, you won't even fucking say it. Don't fucking go on a goddamn tangent like that again or I'll slap the fuck out of you a second time. Are we done? I'm done with this podcast in a second. Sit down. Don't you walk away. Although, if you're going to get up, can you get me a drink from the fridge? No. Please. I don't have no. my champagne today. No. So I have to walk over there and get it myself. Is that what's going to happen? Let's see. Let's see what's going to happen. Here we go. You don't have to stomp around like a fucking jackass, too. Well, I wanted to stomp around. Here's the best part about it, Brand. You're going to be doing that all night? You're going to be doing that all night? going to be doing that all night now. Oh, boy. I'm so excited. Would you say you just can't hide it? I just can't hide it. Why? What is that voice now? That's that's you. That's how you fucking sound. That's a fucking weird valley girl God damn it. Just move on to the next fucking topic. I want you to actually read the next one. Hot Wheels Unleashed gets a custom track builder. I told you this is a slow news week. This is literally the Hot Wheels video game. Gets a custom track builder. It's a builder. Hot Wheels video game? It's called Hot Wheels Unleashed. Look it up. Brandon doesn't believe it. He, th- he thought he, oh, Hot Wheels was, was only in uh, Rocket League. He's so obsessed Hot with it. Hot Wheels, whoa. That's DuckTales. You think Hot Wheels had a fucking a jingle like that? Actually, let's do, let's do this. If Hot Wheels had a jingle, what would it be? It would, I think it would oh, be it's only $6.99? Because it's fucking Hot Wheels oh, Unleashed. No, 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 no. This is the Hot Wheels car pack for Forza Horizon 4. Oh, yeah, I forgot they did that. Hot Wheels Unleashed It's the name of the yeah, game. Yeah, I must have clicked on the one right below it instead. Uh, planned release date of September 30th. Oh, it's not even it's not even out yet. What? It has to be out. If there's already a custom... Oh. Well, either way, I don't give a fuck about this Hot Wheels game. Do you? Uh, you know, it's kind of stupid, but I kind of do. Do you get to like, drive around a house, pretty much? Yeah, like and like this this shows like you're in like a college campus and you like build your track around everything. Well, now you're fucking making me kind of interested. <laughs> How the fuck did this happen? What is this conundrum we we found ourselves in? Um, is it? Yeah, so it comes out September thirtieth. Wow. Okay. Um, well, so it's not available on Steam. It may be available. That's on- what I was looking at. I want to see if it's available on something else. It, I know this comes out September twenty seventh. On all systems, huh? Are we gonna have? Are we gonna fucking play a Hot Wheels game? Is this, yeah, is this so, so it looks like it then becomes a racing game. Although the thing I don't like, the only thing I don't like about it is in Hot Wheels tracks, original tracks, the track is only wide enough for one car to go through, and this one the track is much wider. Yeah, Brandon. Cause oh, he, but it has, but it has like it has things to make your car go faster. Okay, this actually looks pretty fun. Well, look, if you get the Challenge Accepted Edition, you get this terrible fucking Hot Wheel that comes with it. That looks stupid. I don't want that Hot Wheel. Oh, it looks like an old school hot rod. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I don't. Well, want how it. do we not know about this game until just now? <laughs> I thought I, I actually put this on here as a joke just to be like, why the fuck do we care about And now about we're hot actually interested in it. God damn it. Go figure, man. Go figure, okay, man. Okay, I was Go about figure. to say a minute ago, if Hot Wheels had a theme song, what would it be? Hot Wheels, whoa. No, I see. Okay, that's your version. You know what mine would be? What? Hot, hot Wheels have got the skills to make some kills. Everybody's coming about my ch- whoa, chills. Whoa, whoa, hold on. You talked about killing in that for yeah. a racing game. Yeah. And you talked about coming. What? <laughs> what do you mean coming? You just said that. Oh. Like semen? Yeah. That was what you said. 
that's come. You remember that? So I just got done watching the watch. And he's like, what does that feel like to you? And then Vince Vaughn's okay, like, just, it feels like cum. We're done. And he goes, we're done. what does it feel like? And then the guy goes, that's cum. And he goes, well, no, it's not cum, but it's a cum consistency. Okay. <clears throat> anyway. Um, next up we got... Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West. The Last of Us Begins Filming. Not the oh, Wild for West. The Last of Us 3? No, the, la- the Last of Us, the, the show on HBO. It started filming. Yay. It's going to consist of 10 episodes. I'm excited to tell it. the entire story of the first game. I don't know. We have no idea what it's going to be. It's going to have Joel and Ellie in it, but don't do it. Don't throw that fucking. God damn it. Um, that was really it for that. Speaking of filming, we'll, uh, hopefully we get some production. Who's playing Joel? You know who's playing Joel. Sam Isaac? Who? The, the singer? Oscar Isaac? No, he's playing Moon Knight. Pedro Pascal? Pedro Pascal. Pedro motherfucking Pascal. Yeah. Um, okay, and then uh, the last thing we have is a sealed Legend of Zelda already breaks 100K. The original? OG? Auction. OG sealed. Holy shit. If we would have just had it sealed. If Nanny and Popo would have just fucking been smart enough to buy two copies and seal it. I mean, it had to be in like mint condition, too, but I mean, 100K. Brains! I want my brains. It's my zombie musical I'm working on. What the fuck? It goes, brains. I, I want, want my brains. brains. See, I just harmonized with yeah, 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 yeah. It's my new zombie musical I'm it's working terrible. on. You know what it's called? What? Zombie brains. The, oh, I was going to say zombie the musical. No, it's called brains. Why don't you call it zombie the musical? Because I like, I've always liked and will continue to like my name more than zombie the musical. People are going to think... It's just about oral sex. What the fuck? Get out of here. Just get out. No, no, no. no, no. Get, no get up. Get no, up off the no, table. No, I'm going to continue the podcast by no, myself. No, no, I'm going to continue no, the podcast. No. Ryan, my podcast. Ryan, cut his mic. It's Ryan, my cut his podcast. mic. Cut his mic. Cut his mic. I don't have the power to do that. No, no, no I, you just push his button right here. Push his button. Cut his I mic. Did, cut I his mic. Not, I would not do it. I listen to both of y'all. I'm not one or the other. Ryan, you're done. You're done after this. Cut. I'm cutting your mic. Here it is. You're not cutting you're, my fucking your mic. Is mic. Cut. You're not cutting my... Your mic's cut. Your Why mic is cut. Why the fuck? You, don't cut my fucking Your mic, mic is cut. Here. You can't do don't it. Fucking you do can't it. do it. You can't I'm do it. I'm fucking coming over there. I'm going to beat your... All right, I'm turning it back on. Turn it back on. Sit down. All right, so if you had... Uh, my whole question was going to be, if you had the fucking sealed Legends of would you sell it for 100K? No, nah, I'd wait till it hit a mill. You think it would hit a mill? 30, 40 years, maybe. You got a target on your back then for 30 or 40 years. You think you think you have a target? You think they're going to send a hitman to steal the Legend of Zelda from you? Yes! I wish I read that movie. How much How much do you think it costs a hitman to be hired? <laughs> Probably 20000 So someone's going to spend 20000 to possibly make eighty on top of it. That's a good investment. If it's a quick buck, boom, boom, boom. But what if he? What if there's it, also though. expenses? And what if multiple people do that? So now they've spent twenty k, and only one of them gets it. That's the movie right there. That's that the, the movie. movie. That's the movie. But also, I was gonna say, make it a musical. No, not everything has to be a fucking musical in your world, Brent. You don't even like musicals. I started watching Hamilton again the other day. Great. Um, so, but my, I paused it, and I forgot that in my room I can't unpause on Disney Plus. <laughs> What do you mean you can't unpause? It's, the app is broken on my Apple TV, so I think I need to reinstall it. That's odd. Okay. My whole thing was, 
Also, then, if you steal it, you can't just immediately sell it because people know it's been stolen. So you have to somehow go in the black market. And- right, 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 right. So then you're not going to get full price for it. You can get more, possibly. No, no, that, that's not how black market... You think the black market will buy stuff well, for more than it's worth? Works, but also because let's, their let's, investment, they have to they have to sell it for real to make the, their investment back. This is why Fox guys talk shit about us that we're not woke enough, because you call it, keep calling shit the black fucking market. Can we move on? Are you done? You find, are you having a realization moment? Jesus. Not everything has to be cheap in the black market, Brandon. That's all I'm saying. Fucking think before you start spewing out your Gibbering mouther. What did you say? Of all terrors created by foul sorcery, gibbering mouthers are among the most wicked and depraved. That's one of the most sexualized names for a Dungeons & Dragons monster. This creature is the composite eyes, mouths, and liquefied matter of its former victims. This is such a sexual fucking description. Driven to insanity by the destruction of their bodies and absorption into their mouther. What? <laughs> Those victims gibber incoherent madness, forced to consume everything in reach. Amoeboid form, the gibbering mouther's body is an amorphous mass of mouths and eyes that propels itself by oozing forward. Okay. Fastening several mouths to the ground and no. pulling its bulk behind. No, Jesus Christ. Jeez, that's really sad. it moves slowly, it swims through water, mud, and quicksand with ease. Stop it. I'm done. Mouth of madness. When a gibbering mouther senses prey, its mouths begin to murmur and chatter, <laughs> each with a different voice, deep Jeez. or shrill, wailing or ulating. Crying out in agony or ecstasy. You lading sounds like he's, he's, he's coming. He's coming at that this, point. Oh, fuck, I don't know that word, so we're done. Uh, that was Brandon reading the D&D Monster Manual, 5th edition, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, and now we're moving on to Quarren Gaming, so let's hit us up with that it's music, a, Brian. It's a menagerie of deadly monsters for the world's greatest... In case you were wondering. I wasn't. Um, what do you played this week? So I played uh, Fantasy Online 2, New Genesis. Yep. Like it much better than the original Fantasy Star yeah. that I played last year. So it, it is like... That's the, fun. That's a fun game. You want to let me talk about my games I played or not? I'm listening. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a blast. Fun. And so pretty much... Great. Let me finish or you will be erased. Well, you didn't even clap for every syllable like a normal person, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so um, movement was amazing. It just looked smoother. I mean, the graphics it had a whole graphics overhaul. There's, I think you can use Wait, your they PS4. overhauled all the graphics? Yeah. Where do they put them? Where do they put the old graphics? I think it's on top of it. They just piled it on. That's how you get poltergeist. Huh, What? Because they built it on top of the Indian burial ground, Native American burial ground. Thank you for you being pro. This is why we're not woke enough. Is, is what the critics say, or just the guys trying to murder us. Um, anyway, uh, well, now you're assuming gender. So, <sighs> fuck, guys. His last name is guys. Doesn't mean anything. Okay. Well, anyway, I guess my whole point was just going to be. Yeah, it was a good graphics overhaul. I mean, like it's a new story. It's 
so far, it's cool. I'm in Capital City, which is the main little like first hub city that you're in because uh, you first go to a village and uh, there's a combat I like. So like, it is an action MMORPG. So it, it, it's it's your it's fun. Yeah. So it's not like you're sitting there standing in one spot spamming exactly. spells. Yeah. You're like running around hitting them with shit, and you can choose. You can, I'm uh, doesn't I have, have a theme song. Just like. By the way, no, it, actually, it sounds like this though. Is, what is it say. weird to know? That's that's the music. It's actually pretty close to what we were singing. All right, we okay. get it. We yeah, get it. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Um, is it weird to you to know you've lived in five decades? No, it's not because that's how the world works. And but you're only the, you're only what thirty three. Don't don't assume 30, my age. Thirty three. I'm thirty four. You're thirty four now, but I'm in my thirty third year. No, that's not the way it works, Ryan. You're in your thirty fifth year. I hibernated for two of those. You still were alive. Hey. Jesus, too much. We're getting away, getting away from ourselves now. Okay, yeah, we've been in five decades. That's fine. But this decade just started. It doesn't mean you weren't in it to win it. I'm gonna tell Melissa's niece and nephew. I'm gonna blow their fucking minds since I see them. I go, you know, you've been you've been in two decades. You know what decades are like? No, I go, that's ten years. And they're like, I'm only seven. I'm only three. I go, that's not how it fucking works. I go, think. Fucking think, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna poke their heads when I say it. I'm gonna go, you're in two decades, and then they're gonna literally shit themselves. They're gonna shit out of their back. So anyway, what were we talking about? I don't remember. Were you talking about what games we played? Yeah, um, I played PSO online, New Genesis. That was and fun. You played some Sea of Thieves. I did, and then I also played some Warzone. Some Warzone. Uh, so nothing super new. I mean, I guess PSO is pretty new. There. Are, we need to play Ratchet and Clank. I just haven't been. I need to be in the mood to like just sit down and play that fucking game. I need to buy it as well. But well, I'm waiting for it to come out on Game Pass. <laughs> that ain't happening. Sony's equivalent. What? Are, what have you been playing? I played Terraforming Mars. What is that? It's a board game, but I played the online version of it. It's like a four X game. Okay. It was fun. I got second place for my first game. That's pretty fun. Second place for your first game? Yeah, out of five. I don't even I've never even played this game. It's fun. I'm thinking about buying it. Like the real one. We could play it downstairs. Would you play it with me? It's like a board game. It's a board game. How would it how long how long's a game? Probably two hours. I could do that. Or you could just get it on... It's on the Steam sale. So you can get it on there, and we can just play it on there. Yeah. Is the Steam Summer Sale still going on? Steam Summer Sale is still going on. We, that should have been I've part only of the, bought, the I've only bought one thing from it, which was Terraforming Mars. Yeah, the Summer Sale. Uh, June 24th through the July 8th. So we have one more fucking day. Yeah, go get, go get Terraforming Mars. I think it's like so 10 by, bucks. We should have told people about this two weeks ago. Instead... We're telling them by the time the episode comes out, it's the last day of it. We'll go buy Terraforming Mars, right? I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Well, so explain how this game no, works. No, Google, search, search at the top. Explain how the game works, though. It's a typical 4X game. What does 4X mean? Um, explore, expand, 
exploit and and the only thing so you're pretty much you're you're terraforming Mars and eventually the game ends once your oxygen level and your water level get high enough um which and you get terraforming points for doing that and then you also get victory points from other things at the end of the game okay and so each game is about two hours uh yeah so it took us about two hours last night well you played 2.6 hours so do you want to explain that to me yeah because i loaded up the fucking game ryan um don't fucking talk to me like i know what i'm talking about i would never talk to you like that now all i'm saying is we played with five players you're gonna play with we'll play with less players and you'll have fun great you don't tell me what i'll have Anyway, um, that's it for my corn gaming. Yeah, it's, I mean, I was actually doing stuff for uh, Fourth of July, but I also just chilled and watched some movies. Like I watched, uh, I slept a lot. Yeah, I think I got, I got some rest. I got some rest in. Well, good game. Um, let's move on to our uh, gaming, gaming wars. wars. I'm dying. Help me. Alright, so we got Legend of Zelda, the OG versus Counter-Strike, and we got seven criteria. So they have to, it's, it's, it's an odd number, so one has to win. Yeah, Hopefully. unless they tie. Fuck. I forgot about ties. Okay. I'm not, I don't mean the formal ones that you wear with a suit. <laughs> Alright, so okay. we're going to do Legend of Zelda versus Counter-Strike. Alright, ready? First up, we got Story. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not saying Legend of Zelda had the most expansive story the first one but uh, yeah, it was mostly in text yeah so you had to actually read it i mean that's a lot of games right final fantasy 7 was all text brandon there were some cutscenes, no voiceovers but there's cutscenes. okay fine mm, so i mean counter doesn't have a story i mean it does it's a terrorist versus counter-terrorist right whoop-de-fucking-do so what do you think it's out of first I want to say Zelda gets the story. On this. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Okay, so one for Zelda. We got to keep track of this. I'm keeping track of it. Okay, good. What's next? Gameplay. Oof. So, like, gameplay is everything in Counter Strike, whereas Zelda, it. I mean, it's a really, especially for its time, was very uh, great. Gameplay. Yeah, it's a lot of exploring. Like the whole world is sort of open to you. Yeah, you can't yeah. get into everywhere because you need things from previous dungeons to great. get in. But it's still cool. Um, the thing that always bothered me about Zelda was you get hit once and all of a sudden you were way less powerful. Yeah, and especially like with the shooting, fu- you mean like when you shoot your fucking yeah, your, your, your sword. sword thing? Yeah. You can only do that if you're at full health. That's fucking annoying. I, I would, that you did you piss me off. But because I mean, then not only are you now at lower health, but now you have to go into danger harder in order to hit the person. I mean, that's with the the regular sword. Then you get like boomerangs and other stuff, and it makes it a little easier. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just gonna say. Counter Strike, there's a lot of depth to the guns and strategy and purchasing the guns. Like that's like the, the, and the just whole, the overall. It is twitchy though. It's a twitchy ass game. Yeah. I give me a get. Yeah, it also is twenty something years old though, and people are still playing it competitively. Yeah, I think I'm going to give this one a Counter Strike. I'll t- I'll do that. I'll give it Counter Strike. Sound and music. 
I mean, Zelda has from the get go that first one even yep exactly yep um so i think i mean what what does counter strike have i mean the sound remember we talked about this the sound though is so important to the game you don't want to run you don't want to run stuff um but no, I think I still have to give yeah, it to Zelda. Sound and music has got to go to Zelda. You have to give it to Zelda. Um, graphics for the era. I mean, this is this is a little weird because I mean, Counter Strike is built off of Half Life. Yep, which was like pretty groundbreaking at the time. And then Legend of Zelda was just 8-bit, but they made it its own open world, though. Like, yeah. the top-down aspect. No other game at the time had done that with 8-bit, right? I'm sure there were other top-down games exploring, before like, that. The whole world? I don't know. Well, no, not where you're exploring a whole world like That's that. That's what I was saying. So I think that in and of itself used the graphics and made it even more by yeah. having this open And, like, world. all the bosses felt unique and everything. Everything about it felt pretty cool. I think I'm going to give it to, to Zelda. I think I am, too. Next, we have Difficulty. This is always such a weird one. I know, but I think this is... So, here's my problem with Zelda in this one. Zelda, like, it is a game built in the time of strategy guides. You know what I mean? Like, it is a game built where they sell strategy guides, and that is a business, so therefore, they need to make it to where you cannot figure this out on your own. Yeah, that's so crazy to me that you said... And then, like, you know what? The internet's the real reason why that went away. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy to me. I mean, there's still Easter eggs and things like that, but you can just find them on the internet. Yeah. And I mean... But this one, like, literally, you cannot progress through the game unless you bought the strategy. Or that's not... Maybe that's not true, but it's much, much harder to progress through the game without a strategy guide. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there would be even on, like, Nintendo Power, like, different fucking shit. Yep. Like, yeah, strategies and stuff. Whereas Counter-Strike, it has a learning curve, but that learning curve is a lot of fun, and once you get good, like, you feel good about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I'm going to go with Counter-Strike on yeah, this one. that makes sense. So we got three for Zelda, two for Counter-Strike so far. Right. Replayability. Well, I feel like that... Like, the whole point of fucking Counter-Strike is replayability. Yeah. And whereas Zelda, I mean, I've never you played, played through that. it twice to beat it, actually, but... You have? No, you have to. I didn't remember that. Yeah, the second playthrough is different. To go to. Yeah, yeah. That is cool. That's a really cool aspect of the game. But also, you're having to replay the same fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very minorly different. It's kind of like Resident Evil whenever they make you go back through the fucking areas, and you're like, yeah. I was already fucking here. No, but the replayability of Counter-Strike is just constant. Like, the game That's constantly the wants to be played again. Yeah. So I guess I gotta, I gotta give it to Counter-Strike. Yep, Counter-Strike. We're, we're tied going into the final... final this is uh, nuts. Final Counter-Strike one. somehow... From the ashes, always fucking is is like there. So last up, we have lasting impact and influence. Oh, and see on both of these, that's a good one. Yeah, because Counter Strike has lasted for years on the same fucking game, essentially. But Zelda created. But that, I feel entire, like that, that's replayability. What you're talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah. lasting impact and influence is really how did it have an impact on the well, industry? I mean, as a whole. Valorant came out. Recently, yep, but that's it's, true. It's not as big as I don't think we thought it was going to be a year ago. It's still big. I'm not saying it isn't, but but Zelda really started RPGs. Yeah, and like especially about, like that style of RPG. Yeah, and that was the first thing about the franchise itself and what that spawned. Yeah, Breath of the Wild, which I feel like should still be on this list, it isn't. 
Don't um, fucking get all butt hurt with me about that. Like, like, but like that is probably one of the best games that's ever been released. Yeah, well, Friday, uh, Games Done Quick is going on this week. I guess we should have mentioned that too. Um, it lasts through Saturday. Friday, I think eight p.m. They're doing a two-hour speed run of Breath of the Wild. Nice. You should watch it. Should on Twitch. Anyway, I'm just saying two hours. They're doing every single dungeon. Oh, they're doing, oh, oh. So they're not just no quick, quick running to to Ganon. No, no. But they're doing every dungeon and finishing the game. Oh, wow. Two hours. Okay. Um. So anyway, yeah, I. Uh, I think that, like, just based on, on the franchise itself and what its impact was for RPGs going forward for the last Like, how many years. Zelda clones have there been of every Zelda, to be honest? Yeah. I mean, if you even think about some of the aspects... Uh, I'm not saying it's the same game at all, but Shadow of the Colossus. Like, get on the horse and going from, like, spot to spot. Like, it gives me Zelda Ocarina of Time vibes of going from area to area. Yeah. So, like, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I, I would say Zelda probably wins this one. Yeah, I think so. I think it's Zelda. Counter-Strike. 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 Hey, you made it to the semifinals. You still got a third-place matchup um, against whoever loses next week. You, so yeah. you can still you can still come out with a with a medal on this one. With a W. As I used to call them, W. <laughs> That's what you just call, You said, with a W, or as I used to call them, a W, which is the exact same fucking thing. Well. Anyway, congratulations to Legend of Zelda. You're going to the finals. You did it, buddy. And uh, and Counter Strike. Hey, you fought. You you overcame a ton of odds at a that, fourteen seed. That was it. Was a valorant try. <laughs> no, it was a valiant try. Is what you're trying to say? Oh, fucking moron. Whatever. Anyway, that's uh. Wow, that was that was much faster than I actually expected us to get yeah, through that. That was fine. I mean, up. we went. We talked it through. I mean, like we know these games because. So think about this. These games have come up now like three or four times. Four, four, four times, times before so this, like yeah. we've talked a lot about each one of these games over the last couple months. Yeah, so like it's we know them fairly well. Anyway, but yeah, so Legend of Zelda, uh, we'll see who it's going up against after next week. And next week we have next week we have Final Fantasy VII versus Bioshock Infinite. No, yeah, Bioshock Infinite didn't win. Yes, it did. I thought. What do you call it? One. What did you think? One. What did it go up against? No, both Bioshocks it lost. Went against last Skyrim. Week. Skyrim won. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. <laughs> Skyrim won last week. I'm pretty sure Bioshock Infinite no, won. Skyrim won last week. Skyrim won last week. <laughs> Brandon made this whole pretty like thing with the fucking Bioshock Infinite logo and everything. Bioshock Infinite didn't win. No, I know that was. A, I was kind of bummed, but like Skyrim is just a overall a ra- over you know overall. Skyrim better is game. a better game. <laughs> I I mean I got kind of excited when you said Bioshock Infinite because I would have loved for that to be in the final four, but it just unfortunately it wasn't. Um, yeah. Well, the, I love Brandon's realization realizing that Skyrim... That's why I was like, wait a minute, no. So Final Fantasy Seven is going against Skyrim next week. Final Fantasy Seven versus Skyrim next week. Why did I think Bioshock Infinite won? Can I think because you... No, it's you, not for, it's, you're you, a fucking idiot. No, you, you, you broke me with the whole Breath of the Wild losing to Bioshock Infinite, so I was like, well, Bioshock Infinite has to go all the way now. It didn't. You think Breath of the Wild would have beaten Skyrim? Yeah. You do think so? I think so. I don't remember what our criteria was, but just off the top of my head, I think that, that Breath of the Wild could have beaten Skyrim. Our criteria was gameplay, story, and replayability. No, Skyrim would have fucking won that. Yeah, I guess you're right, actually. So Breath of the Wild had no chance anyway. Just like Bioshock Infinite had no chance. It was like the Vince McMahon of fucking... Uh, Skyrim is, that is. Uh, the Vince McMahon Fuck, of- now I gotta find the Skyrim logo. Well, that's easy enough. Did you already put that live on the website? No. Okay, so there you go. No, no, no foul, no how. No, no, no. 
Um, anyway, I don't, I don't fucking know what I was trying to say. Uh, anything else you want to tell? Them? Oh, I guess we should figure out what the fuck's going on with Monkey. Um, for hours last night. Hey, John. John. Hey, boys. What y'all need? Do you know Monkey Man's last name? Here, I don't even know his fucking first name. I I know he's got a little a uh, little sexy jiggly butt, a little bottom, but that's what? about it. He yeah, he got he jiggles, he biggles, he uh, got a nice little butt. Just stop talking. That's so fucking weird. Okay, so you have? Uh, did you know? So he's he's now been trapped or kidnapped or something again. <laughs> well, he's always he's always finding himself in some little pretty little pickles. You know what I mean? What? He's finding himself in some pretty little pickles. Dude, just get the fuck out of here. <gasps> in all of my years, Brandon, I have never been disrespected in the way you just said Well, guess what? Me. You just have. Get the fuck out of here. You fuck off, then. I, I'm leaving because I want to. I gotta go to the GameStop. I gotta get to work. I can't be dicking down around with you, dumb fucking nincom fucking poop Bye. all goddamn day. Fuck Bye. you. Bye. Asshole. Dickhead. Jesus. So you don't have to, why are you always fucking so combative? Y'all never, y'all didn't learn about like true friendship whenever y'all went to the fucking Snake Road or whatever when y'all were dead? You never learned anything? If you call it Snake Road one more goddamn time. Okay. Well, I guess, uh, that's what we'll leave. Skyrim logo is too thin. I don't fucking care. Figure it out, dickhead. You need to make that right. You need to make it right because you fucked up. You fucked up. You done? Go ahead. Let's get to trivia. Jesus. Okay. I'm still up on one with him. Here you go. Take your fucking thing. Okay. First question for you. Fucking idiot. Dropping it like a dickhead. Um, Okay. Question. Faith Connors is the player character and a runner in which video game series? A runner. Tron? No. Um, that's a good guess, I guess. I don't know. Um, it is uh, an FPS that's kind of in its own genre to a certain extent. What? <laughs> um, I think there's a sequel. Well, obviously, it says series. It didn't say series. Oh, it did say video game series. Okay, so I guess it is. Um, what was his name again? Faith Connors. It's an FPS that's in its own genre. To a certain extent. I mean, it doesn't play like other FPSs, necessarily. A runner. But that's a lot that I just gave you. Deus Ex? No. Mirror's Edge. Oh, okay. You get what I was saying? Like, it's an FPS, because I mean, you're yeah, literally just yeah. parkouring. If I said parkour, you would have just fucking gotten Mirror's Edge. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Actually, no, I wouldn't have, because I don't actually, I've never played Mirror's Edge. Okay. Uh, by what name was the classic video game Another World known in North America? Another World? Fuck me. Huh. Give me the hint first and I'll just guess twice. That's fucked. That's not fu- I've done that to you before. All right. Um, fuck. I mean, it's another way of saying that. Huh. Great. Okay. Okay. That, that's probably that's probably good. That's a good hint. Okay. Another world. Forbidden planet. No. Okay. Don't look at me like that because that kind of could be. Um. 
Well, then I was wait. No, oh, I was thinking Lost Planet. But is that not it? Lost Planet? Fuck, what is wait, it? Wait, was that your second guess? Yeah, that was my second Oh my guess. god, it's out of this world. Well, I don't even fucking know that game. All right, we'll continue. What's my next one? In Dark Souls, which infamous duo must be defeated in order for the player character to obtain the Lord Vessel? <laughs> Did you play Dark Souls? No. Because I hate those games. I do too. There's, I mean, there's no way. I wouldn't get it. It's not something I would already know no. the names of. <laughs> I mean, when I tell you, you're just going to be like, why the fuck? Give me a hint. Um, I'll give me two guesses. I'll just <laughs> I don't even do this. Uh, I'll give you two of the four words it is. What the fuck? Because it's two characters. It's Dragon Slayer blank and Executioner blank. Dragon Slayer Tim and Executioner Bob. <laughs> That's my final guess. I don't care. Uh, Demon, Demon Slayer Orstein and Executioner Smo. So stupid. That's fucking bullshit. The design of the iconic creeper from Minecraft was the result of a failed attempt to create what other Minecraft creature? Oh fuck! I didn't. That's a good question. I didn't. That's some. That's some, see, that's the fun trivia. That's not fucking Lord Osteen or whatever the fuck. Joel's fucking friend. Uh, okay, what? What creature would it have been? I'm trying to think. A failed because I know what they were. They're green. What would they be trying to fucking make? Um, I'm gonna say cow. No. Okay. Now I need a hint. It's. Another farm animal. Okay. This is good. A pig. Did I get it? Oh! I was going to use my third try on that one, too. Okay, fuck you. That's great. Hold on. God don't, fucking don't damn it. throw the card. Where you throw God the damn it. He threw the card because he was so angry. Oh, uh, that's awesome. fucking damn it. So now I'm up two again. This is such bull well, remember, fucking you shit. came back. You get fucking ago. easy ass asks. That wasn't even easy. Give me the fucking hard ones, like a fucking dickhead. I everything about you is a piece of shit. Fuck you. Fuck everything you stand for. I'm fucking done with this podcast. Fuck it. Well, on that note, I guess we'll bid y'all adieu until next week. Brandon, come back. Gang. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes.
This moment of relief brought to you by your local State Farm agent, who also brings relief with all your auto insurance needs. Call State Farm agent Ann Bishop Price in Duluth today. This moment of relief brought to you by your local State Farm agent, who also brings relief with all your auto insurance needs. Call State Farm agent Ann Bishop Price in Duluth today. Key Forge community, what's going on? I am the one, the only, the W O O K I E. Joined here, well, two minus one. I don't know how you want to call it. We got Jr. Hello, Key Forge community, and we got Sheep's normal rambunctious self. Settle down over there, Sheep. No. Okay. Well, well, he he is a lot like calmer now that we're not recording on Friday night. It's super late. So, um, well, yeah, now it's just Tuesday night. Super late. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not super late, but it's late enough. Let's. Hey, Let's our second like time is going to be better. That's that's what's happening. Yes, we're without, yes. We're without a Z, and mm-hmm. we got this, you know, posse here of the three of us. It's going to rock. You, you're just going to jam that stick in my eye, huh? Turn it a little bit. That Ryan. Yep. I don't. I still don't understand how that ever happened. Like, how did I miss? You're all on the same audio track. How is Dan present, but the you two are gone? I have no idea how that's even po- possibly a thing. I don't know, but Keyforge community know that we had an amazing podcast that we put together. It was literally the best show. It was also like three hours. And now it's gone. Well, yeah. Could have been multiple parts, but uh, (laughs) let's get into uh, take number two of why I suck at Keyforge with Hafnium. Uh, This goes out to... No, Wookie, you get the first piece here, man. Why is that? Um, Pressing record button. I did press the record button. Yeah, yeah. Why I suck at Keyforge? Press the record button. I did press. Okay, uh. so no, hold on. <laughs> oh, don't worry. He's going to get it all night. All right. Anyway, all right. why I suck at Keyforge? Um, why did you get so loud all of a sudden? You told me to eat the microphone. Well, don't um, literally um, eat um. it. Yeah, all of a sudden you got really loud. But I did all hit right. the record button. Dan was there, but somehow you and Z were not. So I hit the record button. Don't understand how one member who's on that same audio track is present, but the other two are completely missing. But yes, why I suck at Keyforge, hit record. I'll take the blame on that one. Yeah, we're totally fine. We're all good. Um, So we actually met Friday. We went ahead and uh, met for Keyforge Live, which is going to be coming up. Some updates in a little bit. But it was really neat. I had a listener who actually reached out to me and since it was just spot on and we were working on some other Keyforge live items. I'm like, sure, let's throw it in. So Hafnium, thank you, thank you, big shout out to you, and um, came with the Wysocky Keyforge. So if this is something that you can relate to, um, go ahead and send us a little blip. You can hit us up on Discord. It was actually really cool to connect, um, but this is what happened. So basically, he's in a game. Uh, Why get... Saki Keyforge is they're both at two keys. They're battling for that final key. And all of his amber removal 
could be seen it was in the discard pile. And like many games, it's late in the game. So you've gone through your deck roughly about one time, um, depending on, you know, plus or minus, depending on what your logos is and, and what your draw is. But uh, Hafnium really saw that there was only one possible out for his opponent, which was a Miasma. And he simply had a single Shadow Self that was on the board. So all he really needed to do was get to six Amber in any house. However, he decides to go ahead and play a fancy turn. And I, I know that uh, I, I, I got my hand raised. I unfortunately like to play fancy turns. And the consensus from our group is when we play a fancy turn, we oftentimes go ahead and have bigger issues. We cause larger problems. Um, I cannot tell you how many games I've lost because I think that I'm going to play a cool fancy turn. So Hafnium was on. He plays a Star Alliance fancy turn. And he tries to basically maximize his amber and cards played. However, his opponent miasmas and then reaps to seven where he doesn't have a response. So had he just thought this through, he knew that the only way to be able to stop him was the miasma. But he didn't think through the second piece of, hey, I need to be able to take my opponent off of seven. Um, And he actually had the, uh, the out too, which makes it, sting that much more so in unfathomable he says he has wakolia so he could have played and still got to six in the unfathomable so still being able to get hit with the miasma but it would have gone ahead and helped him on the future turn where he could have been able to keep his opponent off check and then basically won the game so lesson that should be learned play to your opponents out not just your own and i want to say that again because i think it is a great lesson Play to your opponents out, not just your own. So look, if you have gone through all of the hard work and you know what the out is for your opponent and you know they only have one scaling amber or they only have one amber control that's left, go ahead and set yourself up. What do you need to win? So if that is a miasma in this case, play so you can take them off and outlast that one extra turn. What do you guys think? I think you're right. Fancy turns never win. Fancy ever, turns. Ever. Ever. Um, I've never had a fancy turn do much for me of any sort, so I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, never go for the fancy turn, uh, because then you can expect two turns later you'll be losing. That's my two cents on that one. Well, I think everything funnels at that end of the game, so you're looking at it, and while you can look at what fancy turn means... Um, just the idea of being able to maximize amber and cards played does not always equal a win. And I think that has been drowned into so many different minds of, okay, ABC, always be checking. Here, go ahead and maximize your hand plus board. Well, not necessarily. If you've done the hard work on calculating what that amber control is, think it through because <laughs> you've done the work and set yourself up to be able to win. So, I think that's she- a big thing in remembering the difference of amber control and amber control from hand. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, you know, potentially, you gotta know your deck, too. Like, if you have a good chance of drawing amber control from hand, then, uh, you know, maybe you can go with that turn. But, you know, if you you don't have a lot of amber control from hand cards in the deck, then, yeah, you gotta plan on getting your control cards down. I would even go ahead and argue for ABR. We were looking at one of the matchups for the playoffs. And one of the decks that was thrown out that was public knowledge to everyone 
had some amber control, but frankly, it's not on play amber control. And that's a really, really, really big difference of on play amber control versus I have to have the creature out. Because the creature, you don't have to memorize. You don't have to be able to deal with it. You can actually push that off and go, I can deal with it at time. Um, so kind of keep that in mind. There are still some interactions, uh, like something like Speed Sigil that, especially in Coda, can impact whether a creature is able to provide Amber Control right away. But Speed Sigil can also really be a detriment to later sets. Absolutely. All right, let's keep it, uh, I, again... We're using Zencaster, so if we sound a little new, different, odd, um, number one, I do have a new microphone. Um, it's not that new, but it is new. And number two, we're using a different program. So, And let us know how you enjoy this silky voice. Yes. I'm hoping it turns out better. We'll find yeah, out here shortly. We'll fine. And let us know what you think about Keyforge Live flip-flops. And if you'd like a pair, <laughs> contact me. I got, a, I got the hookup. Um, All right. But- but let's get into some Keyforge Live kind of, uh, I guess, announcements as as far as it goes, kind of announcements slash updates. So, Mr. Dan? I'm supposed to be talking now? Yeah, Keyforge Live updates. All right. Okay, so Keyforge Live, we were excited. We hit our goal of 50 by uh, the 4th of July. That was yes. one of the goals we were looking for. We did hit that, so... Uh, uh, Big Z did do the wheel of spin to win a uh, Keyforge banner and uh friend of the show, George Kegel, uh, murderer of me at Vault Tours, George Kegel, has won that prize. So congrats, George, on winning a sweet banner that you get to pick up at Keyforge Live. And uh, now it is July 6th, and we have 63 participants registered. So, right, 50 was a big number for us. We, you know felt like that would be a really good event but now that we've hit 50 we have bigger goals in mind right what's better than 50 all right well i I first want to back up and i want to hit this i know that we're we're recording a second time but guys 50 is huge this is a whole bunch of people who love the game who are throwing our own time and energy um i know z's not here (laughs) to go ahead and comment but his his joke on the first time was that this is his full-time job for summer break that he is making negative money for um, but 50 was huge for us, and we hit 53 by the 2nd, which was on Friday. As of today and Tuesday, coming after the 4th of July, we get 63. Like, that is no small feat for a small little group, and it's not attached with any other convention. It's not attached with anything else to do. You're coming out. These people are coming out just to play Keyforge, which is awesome. And it is going to be an absolutely phenomenal event. But I cannot stress again, Keyforge community, you guys, all the guys, girls, our kids who are playing, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for registering early. Thank you for going ahead and coming out. And it's going to be an absolute blast. I look forward to meeting all of you or as many of you as I can fit in that time and just playing some Keyforge alongside you. So 50 was a huge number. 63 is amazing, and, and we have sites. So, Sheep, Wookie, what, what what's our number? What what do we want to go ahead and nail? Well, I can't remember what Sheep Sheep's number was last time. My number was 71. I would love to have 71 people show up to an event that literally with two months' notice. And the reason of 71 is because 70 what, was 70 the smallest. It was the smallest vault tour for college. That, we had and that was in collinsville and the reason it was so small is because it was done on like such short notice like literally i think we had like a month and a half maybe two months notice 
for people to kind of book flights, get hotels, yada, yada, so on and so forth, make plans to come. And this is a very, very similar event, right? We kind of we only gave you really a month and a half, maybe two months to kind of get flights, make plans, get out of the house and figure out how you're going to get to Milwaukee uh, for four days or three days. I'm sorry. And so 71 to me says that we really accomplished something like well, this is no small feat. This is no small bananas. This is a real thing. Now, don't get me wrong. Where are we at? 63, you said, right? Yeah, 63. Like 63 is huge. Yes. I told you guys at the very beginning of this, this is going to be feast or famine. Either we're going to have a lot of people show up or like 10 people are going to show up. And, and six of them would have been us. You know, so I didn't really know how this was going to go, but I'm I'm super stoked about, you know, I never thought we'd get to 50. But yet here we are at 63 people literally spending their hard earned cash to come to an event that uh, that we're doing. So bravo to all you guys. I also want to go ahead and say that invigorates the group. I know that there's a core group that has been providing a ton of time and energy and money into this. This this is our money. But to know that our friends are coming out to play keyboards that we haven't seen um, sometime, some of these individuals over a year, <laughs> over 15 months, this is amazing. And it's going to be a great event. There's people we're, we're putting in product. There's prize support. There's so much that, frankly, we get excited about. And we're like, yeah, let's just go ahead and do it. Let's go ahead and make this even better. And so seeing the numbers come out, it just helps to excite us to be able to push that much further. I mean, Keyforge, Keyforge Live has some prize money that's definitely available. We have prizes for a prize wall. We have four um, our four round events that we just went ahead and added. And so, like, just the idea for us to be able to play competitive Keyforge but also to play casual, to play with our friends, to be able to make some new friends. That's what this event is really intended to be. And I think it's going to be amazing. Even for us to be able to, uh, one of the recent announcements was Aegis going ahead and donating uh, two of the Q-Rackin Keyforge Adventures and uh, the Conspiracy, Abysmal Conspiracy. So we have that that will also be here that we get a chance to be able to have people interact with and try out. Um, Huge shout out to our, our sponsor for Luxury Playstyle, which, you know, has been able to support us and give some amazing product that we're going to give to others who are coming. So I'm just, I, I, I know I'm kind of gushing here, but the end result is the numbers are coming in. We really appreciate it. So please, please keep signing up um, and know that we're putting together a phenomenal event that honestly I wish I would be able to play in. But uh, on the running side, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone and being able to see all that comes from it. Mr. Dan, what, what was your, what was your number? I'm just curious now. I'm pretty sure I said like 3000, but 300, 300 is a real number, right? Cause then it would be the biggest vault tour like event ever. Right. So that would be cool. But I don't know if we're going to get 300 in the next two weeks. I don't think we're mm. going to get that many. In but two weeks. the 70, 71 area, I think we actually only need 70 to beat Collinsville. They were like 69. Oh, was it? Uh, I thought it was. So that's that. That really is the number. Like if we can be bigger than Collinsville, which was announced about four weeks before it was run, um, that would be really cool. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm sorry. I'm a little distracted. 
I found this uh, website that does all like basically whatever you want. Like they'll they'll make bed sheets. Um, if you want bed sheets, so now I'm making like KeyForge Live bed sheets. <laughs> As I was sh- sharing KeyForge community, we are kind of off on tangents. And um, big shout out to my lovely wife over there. Um, we have things that keep coming to my house, and I think <laughs> that you're definitely gonna, room. <laughs> I, no, no, no. That that's not the issue. But uh, you know, we we've put a good chunk of money into it. So I hope that you guys all enjoy all the different items that will be available because. Uh, we keep thinking about items, and we're, we're doing it to have some fun. But uh, the other piece that I want to go ahead and plug is uh, Lokiar, one of our locals, John Palm, has been running uh, Keyforge with Pink Bunny Games, and he's actually putting on a special event that Thursday. So if you are coming to Keyforge Live and you're actually coming in Thursday night on the 22nd, um, he's actually going to go ahead and run a sealed MM uh, Thursday, which is a pre-event. Um, and that will start, I want to say, is that 5.30 or 6? Oh, goodness. I did not write that down. But um, he's he's been the one who's been running our events, uh, our sealed events with Pink Bunny Games here in Arkhan's Corner on Wednesday. And um, I still get a chance to go ahead and see him on Mondays for in-live in person events. But super cool piece, and you should be looking. Uh, hopefully I can update that, whether that's 5.30 or 6. I know that he did have a cap. So if you're coming in, make sure that you check out Archon's Corner for the specific details. Um, but because the store closes at 8, um, we're, we usually start at 6, but I, I think this is actually backed up to 5.30. Yeah, so he's got a 20-player cap because of store size. Uh, there is a Shadows figure that'll be available if the event has enough players, um, and it's Mass Mutation Sealed. But if you're interested in that or other things that are going to be going on and people are doing, definitely come hit up our Discord. We have uh, some Keyforge Live channels there. Um, Some other people are talking about the cool bars, restaurants, and other places you can go to around the area. Lokakar has also put together a sheet with some of the other places like the zoos and the baseball diamonds and other things that are around. Uh, There are excellent disc golf courses in the area, too. So, like... You know, come hit us up if you're looking for information on the other things you could want to do while you're in Milwaukee besides play Keyforge. I mean, I don't know what else there could be in life besides Keyforge, but I guess other people do things. Hey, um, Dan. What's your feeling on Crocs? <laughs> I kind of told you I was going to cut your feet off for flip-flops. Yeah, uh, are, Crocs? Crocs are, will, yeah. Are, are Crocs better or worse? I'm, I'm not I'll, sure. I'll make you eat them. Uh, I, I will. Well, there you go. That's that's raising some more funds for Keyforge Live. <laughs> I will also throw out that that weekend is German Fest here in it Milwaukee. Is. So if you're into festivals, uh, that is something that uh, significant others can come along. It's good for families and uh, yeah. great great German food. Get yourself some mm. uh, schnitzel, and, uh, some schnitzel, and some sauerkraut. Raise a big stein. Let's yes. just say they will pour you a liter of. Seven and a half percent Bach around yeah. Wisconsin and let you go to town with it. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to walk around. So yeah. <laughs> if you can do it. If you good luck to you, I can do it. But uh, all right. So outside of uh sealed MM, I know we had talked last week about being able to look at Archon. However, we actually ran some data. All right, take take a deep breath. Archon's okay. Corner has data. That's right, data. And sheep. These are real all... numbers, and this is why we brought Sheep onto the show because he actually does real number things. 
Um, but, and then we didn't just we just you know because back in the day we just we just just to make them up. Now, now we brought on Sheep, who does real number things. <laughs> so as a result, we are switching um, Archon, which will be next week. We'll talk a little bit about some strategy there. But uh, with after the announcement for the MM pre-event, and we have at Keyforge Live our own Sealed, um, which is on Saturday, uh, we figured we'd dig into MM Sealed. And so, Sheep, what did you do? Okay, so we were looking at uh, coming up with some highlights on uh, Mass Mutation Sealed, being that we're running... The first Vault Tour scale Mass Mutation Sealed. A lot of people haven't got to play it at all. So what what do you got to look out for when playing Mass Mutation Sealed on this level? So we started looking, and one of the big things you always think about are what really important creatures that swing the game uh, and have to be dealt with. And the first three that, or the first two we thought of were like Scrivener and Kronos. And they're both pip-based creatures, right? Like, in Archon, you see a Kronos come down, you can see where their pips are, you can count the number of draw pips in their deck and know how dangerous that Kronos can be. But how dangerous is Kronos in Sealed? So, I tried to get some numbers. I took a uh, big big shout-out to Corey Than of Dex Keyforge. He added pip placement, or total number of pips, to the 5,000 deck download you can do as a $6 Patreon. So using that feature, I downloaded the 5,000 most recent Mass Mutation decks that had a Scrivener Favian in it. As a reminder, Scrivener Favor Favian is a three-power creature, adds two capture pips to your deck, and while he's in play, all capture pips can in, instead be triggered as steel, as one steel. Something to those effect. Um... So looking at a Scrivener deck, if you have if you see a deck with Scrivener in it, on average, there's 4.36 capture pips in those decks. So on average, if there's a Scrivener in a deck, there's 4.36 um, capture pips that go along with them, which means that Scrivener, through one cycle, is expected to be able to steal up to four amber. And you got to remember though that this is uh, sealed, right? So when you're when you're looking at those sealed decks, you can't you're not going to know where their pip placement is or how many there are. So all you can really do is play off of averages. So I think you can definitely make some decisions when playing in a sealed game how important it is to deal with Scrivener Favian based off using this number of four, right? You can because you can look at their discard. You can look in there and. One, you can count and see if the deck has a bunch of cards that create more capture pips than expected and plan accordingly. Or if you don't see a lot of capture pip generating cards, but you do already see three capture pips played out of the deck, that Scrivener's probably got very little value and you could just leave them alive. But knowing that there is that average of like four, 4.36 pips in a deck lets you make some play decisions during actual games. So I thought it was useful data to get, so I, I went and found it. Yeah, I would say it's useful. But I mean, even, even what you're saying, like even if you see three in there, maybe you can leave it alive. I still say kill the Scrivener. Well, so that was the big debate on the first round through. Um, and again, Scrivener itself, Mutant, you had already talked about the stats, but it does come with two enhanced capture pips. So I want to go through the wording. When you resolve a capture bonus icon, you may choose to steal one instead. And what was the actual average of just the total amount of 
if we took 5,000 average, no search criteria, how many capture pips would I expect to see in a deck sheet? Okay, so just looking at 5,000, the last 5,000 registered MM decks, which I did this, um, I did this data on like July 1st or something like that. So now the last 5,000 decks won't match my data, but it should still be really close. Uh, I came up with a capture of just 2.1, two pips in an average deck. So, you know, that makes sense. You add a Scrivener and you get two more pips. Mm-hmm. You also have, um, you're guaranteed to have Sanctum then, or most likely have Sanctum then, right. which gives you a little bit more than two pips average. Uh, another number I looked at quick was what if you also had Sorian in the deck? Because Sorian is the next highest generator of capture pips. And that actually only brings the average up to 4.69. So it doesn't really seem to matter if you have Sorian or not in a Scrivener deck on how many capture pips there are. I know that when we first went through this, I was kind of down on like eh, Scrivener. Scrivener for me hasn't done, like I, I always target it. And I think that I was really overvaluing it. Um, but Z really pushed in the first talk that when we're looking at a, at a, a chance to go ahead and bump from two to four capture, and with that capture being turned into steel, a steal of four across a sealed game is huge. And so that was really, really interesting to be able to see kind of the impact that Scrivener has. Um, this was one that kind of shocked Z. And he's like, yeah, we're, you know, I would actually go ahead and based on the statistical numbers, pick Scrivener more often as a target in sealed than he would have previously um, just after seeing that data. I also think that it's important for us to talk that Sanctum is heavy in MM with capture. So when you're looking, uh, Bring Low has capture. It's sitting at a, a common feature. You have General Zelvador with capture times two, which is where the average comes in. And then you have Scrivener with capture times two. So Scrivener isn't uncommon, um, but you can see how Sanctum as a whole, um, you know, three out of the four cards are bringing capture icons. And so that, that brings quite a bit of power to Scrivener. If they have those cards, I mean, but you know, like Dan said, he ran he ran the numbers. I mean, yeah, okay, so four points. I mean, that is a big swing. You you are looking at a total eight, eight number swing during the course of an entire game, right? And a little, you know, maybe a little bit more, maybe up to up to ten if you have Sorian. Um, but I think Scrivener is still a must kill. I think there's too there's too much risk with Scrivener floating out there. I, I think it's almost it's almost like a witch. You, you just you gotta kill it. It's gotta go, especially if you're getting close to that check range. It's she's gotta say bye bye. See, I think I would play by my numbers now. And at like I said, if I already saw three capture pips out of the deck, and I didn't see that there's two Salvadors in the discard plus the scrivener, which means there's at least six pips in the deck, I would go, "Yep, that's fine. We're just gonna leave that scrivener alone now." And I, I do want to correct myself. Bring low does come in as an uncommon. So yeah. I apologize about that. But when we're looking General Salvador, and you can have multiples in that common slot. But I think that it's important what Sheep said earlier. If you're looking at Scrivener and you can at any point in, in real life, you can check the discard. If you see roughly four capture pips that are already in, it really. Uh, yeah, but it, it is it important has, to count the number of capture pips that they could potentially generate, you know, like this is obviously much easier to do when they're 20 cards out of their deck than when they're 
five or six cards out of their deck. But it, you know, it's something you got to watch. And all you can really make judgments off is averages and guesses, right? So, um, you know, so I we're just looking right. at I think this. more times than not, more times than not with the averages. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be okay. But, I should have I, mean, I should have spent the time to figure out standard deviation, maybe, but I did not. Yeah. Um, but using you, that, we, hey, you I can mean, make it up. I mean, that's okay. That's the thing we do here. No. Uh, so with uh, I'm with Z. I think uh, Scrivener is fairly frightening. Um, he's, you know, like when Scrivener's in play, capture pips are, you know, just kind of a thing. But when they become steel. They're very, very powerful. So Scrivener stays pretty high on my kill list in this set. Although, uh, you know, like, I might not take a real bad turn to kill him. Like I said, if I'm in that position where I think they could only generate one steal from him easily. But I don't, uh, I don't think you can discount his potential, right? Because eight amber swing throughout a game potential is is a lot, although it's unlikely to be that high. But the other one we looked at was Kronos, right? Because Kronos, I always treat as a must-kill in Archon. But what we looked at when when we look at Kronos, so if you're out of the 5,000 decks that had Kronos in it, there's only an average of 3.8 draw icons with Kronos. And uh, again, I looked at this matched up with Star Lines, and that moves it up to 4.41. So that means on Kronos, uh, you know, it's draw one archive one and it's only a total of four cards and this isn't sealed where it's not like the cards are crazy baller throughout the deck most likely so i mean it is efficiency but i don't actually feel like it's nearly as threatening as scrivener so i'm gonna bounce in just for a second chronos in case you're not familiar three power logos creature which is a mutant it has enhanced with two draw pips and a constant ability after you resolve a draw pip bonus icon you may archive a card now there's you know so i i mean like i don't think i mean like again chronos you know for it to be real effective it often helps when the draw pips are either on him or in uh logos but this is another thing. So again, you're looking at close to that four number. So even if you are concerned about it, you can use that average of four as a thing. And again, go looking through their discard and decide how likely they are to generate bonuses off of Kronos the next turn. Um, I mean, like, I think these creatures are still important to kill most likely, but they may not be must kills like they are in Archon where you're seeing Kronos decks with eight or nine draw and one of those is on something like a casual loop causal loop um, mm-hmm. where you can re refire it multiple times. Uh, the one thing to remember though, this is sealed. Peacock is streaming your favorite shows, movies, live sports, breaking news, exclusive originals, and every live WWE pay-per-view. It's the office. Chrisley knows best and Peacock original shows like funky Brewster. Peacock watch for free upgrade for more stream now at PeacockTV.com. Go big at Big Lots. Big new look, big new brands, big deals on everything for your home. And big convenience with Big Lots now. Fast same-day and two-day delivery. Or you can choose in-store or curbside pickup. Big Lots, you gotta go. It just might surprise you. Any of that stuff could happen. So just because we're saying on average this may not be the thing, you know, there is always the chance that, you know, they opened a triple, you know, 
triple draw a card and and logos and they get to just constantly reuse it well, like a, two mechs. Yeah. a triple you, you draw can, two mech and a yeah, chronos and they just go silly but again if you see that that's you're going to have that information oh, at that point yeah. and they're, yeah, they're not going to get that off many times. About too um you know that information's not going to be kept secret for long because you know scouting is a thing as we talked about like yeah and when somebody that's a thing that is yeah. going to happen and I mean, if if somebody does open that banger Kronos uh, or Scrivian or whatever deck by round three or four here, it might be round by round two. You're gonna know about it. Yeah, we don't keep our mouth shut. We we get excited about other people's poll, and we and, are talkers in the key. And actually, like, oh, how am I supposed to win when that guy opened this? This isn't fair. Arr. And um, then and then you just immediately go two and drop. That's what happens, right? That's what you do. I know. I've never gone O2 and dropped in sealed. Thank you. So I, I do think that the 5,000 average deck search with no search criteria is really important here. On average, you should expect to see two and 1,200s for capture. For damage, you're expected to see two and 2,300s. Okay. For draw, this one is what really shocked me. And I'm still, even after a couple of days, Draw icons, you're only expected to see one in 3,500s. So really 1.35, just over one. That's really, really, like that's low compared to what I would think. And then amber, um, this is a big one. Amber is 11 and 7,800. So basically 11 to 12 amber. The total amount of pips that you should see in a deck is about 17 and 4,800s. So right in the middle there, uh, 17. And... I think it's important for Amber to be able to see that, you know, if you're a, you know, 10, 11, you know, even nine, nine, 10, 11, maybe 12, you're in that kind of average area. And that helps you when you're choosing your deck. Um, if you go significantly below that, that can actually cause some issues. Um, that we're going Are to you talk talking about just too. Amber? Yeah, just Amber. Okay. No, but I, I was going to say, because we've seen some good decks that just don't have the pips. Well, correct. You know, but we've seen a lot of good decks that do have the pips. So, I mean, just because the deck isn't heavy on pips doesn't mean that the deck, oh, you can throw that one away. No, but at the same time, I will argue that in Sealed, that the pips, the pip placement can all have a really, really big impact on the game. And some of the decks that just throw or spit out pips um, really can have some odd interactions. So I think that it's important to know what your average amber is for the set. And so that's why I was sharing with everyone. So everyone can kind of have that information up front. Um, I would argue 11 seems, almost 12 seems a little bit low for sets. I, I don't have that data across um, Coda, AOA, Worlds Collide. But I think that that would be important to be able to see. You know, If you're significantly lower, kind of keep that in mind. I just, I'm still really shocked at draw. That draw is that low. I'm really only getting one extra draw. And well, so there's only I, two, well, there's three houses that generate draw pips. Oh, I guess there's four because there's Amphora. But most of those are like rare. Like there's only Infomoth and Resurgence, right? That are common draw pips. I know you uh -huh. went and looked up that data. There's not really that many common draw pips. Uh, Mutagenesis Researcher also generates one. Uh, but there, there are less multi-pip draw icon cards where all the other ones have multi-pip in the common slots. And there's only Infomorph. I think that's what it comes down to. 
but yeah, there's so there's not that much draw. It is the thing to look at though, as as Ewok was saying, is there's 12 amber. So you know, if you're looking at a deck with 20, 22, 24 printed amber, that is significantly higher than average and may overcome other deficiencies of the deck just by having a lot more raw amber speed than other decks can generate. All right. So that's that's definitely something to think so about as you're here, looking at it. Since we're, you know, we're kind of we're halfway through already. Let's start here cuz we have we do have a divided by house. Um kind of what the cards we want to look out for. Well, this so we we have this big list and the next list is just all the um Well, but here's what I want to know, right? What are the dead houses? What houses do I not want to see? When I open my when I open my my three decks, in mass mutation, dead house and mass mutation, fifty fifty on sanctum. Um, yep, they're you know what? So if it's the sealed, houses, all the houses can just be really bad. Sure, <laughs> like they're all the houses can just be really bad in mass mutation. So if all the I'm houses can be really good. Pick, hmm. I'm looking to pick. Th- I mean, is is every house card card or yeah, is every house card specific? You're just saying like what house is going to on average? I think right. this is what, another what, set on, where on what house is going is going to generate me more wins than what house is going to send me to four? What houses are going to send me to four two? Logos, Logos and Dis, I think, are probably two of your peak houses. They both have good A and good... Well, they have good C. Uh, Dis has excellent A in it. I think that's... So when we're getting... The next thing we were kind of looking at in this set is... um, And Mass Mutation sealed is where does the scaling amber exist? Because that's one of those things you got to be looking at your opponent... And you can look at their list of houses and know if they have scaling A or not. Because it turns out there is not a lot of scaling A, which is amber control, in this set. And it really only resides in what? Two houses? Well, so we we got the list here. So it's Effervescence Principle, which is only sort of scaling amber control, right? It halves. So if you can go to 13, it doesn't take you off key. Then there's Bring Low, which captures all but five, so that's scaling. That'll take care of any amount. There's Ducillus, or Donkasaurus, who just captures everything. There's also Anthony, again, who captures everything. And then there's the combo that triggers Envy, which is if you have two of the Sins on board, he can reap and capture all of your opponent's Ember. And those are the only true... Um, multi, or true scaling A that can deal with any amount. There are other things that the set does with city-states and Fausts and with re-triggering of Amber increase cards. Like, you can increase cost in this set quite a bit. But true scaling A that from hand... I mean, true scaling A from hand is really... There are those... There's truly only three cards. There's Bringlow, Ducillus, and Anthony. Right? That only true doesn't matter how much amber you have. Yeah. And but Effervescent Principle isn't true scaling A. 
I, I hear what you're saying, but I think for most of the matches, yes. If, if, if you can go ahead and burst to 13, well, you, you're going to need to have bring low, Ducillus, or Anti. But Yeah, and actually, Effervence in principle is the only one that actually gets rid of the Amber, right? Bring low just makes a bank. Ducillus just makes a bank. And Anthony just makes a bank. Yes. So a lot of them just make banks. Um, so that scaling A in the set is actually really bad. Um, well, bad or there's not a ton of it, so you do have to. So it is when you're playing against, uh, when you're playing in sealed mass mutation, you don't have to think about scaling. You're not going, oh, could they have the TMTP? Unless they've got the legacy TMTP or Which the you'll legacy, know by, you'll know by by round two. Yeah, or the legacy interdimensional graft. Like you can pretty much go bananas in the set. And so that that's what we were basically arguing is when you get Amber, just burst. I mean, yeah. just go, just go because you're there's very, very little punishment for that. Obviously, keep an eye out for the sins. And it, if you see it, deal with it. But it just I don't know. In MM, if you have Amber, Amber burst. burst. I mean, if I'm playing against not this, so like I'm playing against what logos, shadows star alliance you know you're gonna know the houses you know there's just burst just go there's no reason not to in this set there there is very little reason not to i mean ludo could exist right so he could sure burn up a bunch of amber um things like city state curia can can definitely punish you for making a ton of amber if they have creatures like there are things that can happen and you do have to be aware of them uh, MV Gluttony, right? It's MV Gluttony, whichever yeah. one. Uh, MV captures all, and then there's the other one that lets you Gluttony reap and them all. yeah, pulls it all in your pool. Like those things can exist in the set, and you do have to think about them a bit. But all in all, yeah, you can just go well, all. I, I would out say, put it this set. way: on a lot of those times, if those combos have hit, you've already lost. Potentially, that one thing. Although this set doesn't have scaling amber, this set has amazing Small. little amber yep. controls here between key costs, the mutant combo creatures and dis brambles. It just goes on and on with the number of small amber control cards in the set. Well, Red even, pennies, bone nivings. It just, e- even the ability to capture. I mean, we have capture pips yeah, that are capture there. Pips so, everywhere. So small amber control really is, very realistic. So it's often very beneficial to be able to burst so they can't take one, take two, take three and stop you. You can get, get the job done. It's another reason why Keyfrog is so good in this set because it saves you from getting just stopped again and again and again, which this set is very good at. All right. So there's, so we're talking about scaling Amber, right? What's the next and probably the most important thing in mass mutation creature control, creature control. And on the other hand, there are a lot of good creature control cards in the set. Well, so with this, Wookie, you had gone ahead and told us you were going to name all of the creatures and you're going to mm-hmm. put them in order. And then yeah, you that's found for next out. Week. Correct. But you, you actually found out how many creatures came out of ML. Oh, I don't even know. I think it was like 214. Correct. And so that was what I, we'll have to go and actually search for the creatures. 209. But, 
it really, really shocked us that there's that many creatures. And in a set, that's going to tell you a lot. This is a creature-based set. And so, honestly, well, probably the biggest piece is going to be your C. Do you I have a way to deal with it? I think the biggest thing for me was how many, like, oh, man, like, there's so many good creatures in this set, right? But then there's equally as many just piss-poor creatures in the set, too, where it's like, oh, yeah, like this guy's. Yeah, I know him. He's useless. I got four Francis the Economist. Yes, right. So like, there there legitimately is like a hundred and five good creatures and then like a hundred and five bad creatures. But they almost all reap for and a they, dollar. They mm-hmm. all they all commingle in the same space too. And if so, you throw five of them out, uh, be aware that you're going to get. <laughs> a big face of reaping the next turn. So what can we deal with? What should I expect to be looking for in my sealed decks if I'm looking for C? Right, so the big C cards, right? Gateway of Dis is back. Yeah. Your true real board wipe. Uh, you can say the next one. I can't. Right. Shikzuno. Yep. So here you actually have a, a nice white. People don't necessarily keep in mind. Uh, I guess we should... Should we go ahead and actually say this? Nope. No. <laughs> you're, you're, you're off on, on being able to be nice to everyone. They, they've got the Google. We're just talking about that there are the big C's. So those yeah. those are they both exist in House Dis, right? Gateway and Sixuno. Yeah, so the piece uh, of Gateway those... being a common, Sixuno's yeah. not Sh- a common. Shikzuna is a, a rare, and it's Omega. Play, destroy each other creature. For each creature destroyed this way, gives Shikzuna a plus one power counter. So it it comes as an Omega, which is pretty nice, um, but that that does go ahead and wipe the board if you're dealing with some big issues. The third piece that we see is standardized. Um, so coming back, um, some nice control there, both top and bottom, and then a bouncing death gorg. So... The next one is a really, really interesting piece, also coming to us from Logos, and uh, that is Kerzap. And I'll be honest, I think Kerzap in Sealed is going to be spotty. Um, It is still there. There's quite a few creatures that don't have the mutant trait, Um, but be aware that Kerzap is not as powerful as you need, and if you're looking for a straight board wipe, um, it may let you down. Uh, there's no question about I that. I think the other card not as powerful in this set is Axiom of Grisk. Oh, yeah. Hands which would be, down. Your, which yeah, would be your next, you know, quote-unquote board wipe. Right. Those are both cards that are sort of big C cards, but when playing just within Mass Mutation, you kind of have to have their value. Because with the amount of Capture Pip stuff going on, um, it definitely does... Reduce Axiom. If you see somebody has um, Soaring in their deck, you're just going to assume they have Axiom, and then you're going to try to put your Amber Pips around to protect your own creatures. You know, same thing, Kerzap, only killing mutants. There are a lot of mutants in the set. Some decks you're going to play against are going to be almost purely mutants, and the card could do nothing. Uh, Kerzap also can sometimes just be terrible in your own deck because you didn't get many mutants. So a card you really got to think about um if if it's going to work for you i think yeah. bouncing death court is really nice without the chains the problem is if you don't have the creatures you're already down um and you're being outboarded it just doesn't pull yeah, what you it's, need. it's not a catch-up card it Correct. is a closer card right you pick off their most important targets while throwing away your trash 
I know that we were down a little bit on Sanctum earlier for MM, but Spirit's Way is a phenomenal, phenomenal card here for control. Um, your ability to determine when you're going to play it, so you can play it to start your turn and then throw out your big Sanctum guys, that can be huge, but it's not coming with chains, and th- that is a card say, that's, that I... That's would, the big piece. Is yeah. It has no chains attached. You kill everything three or higher, which most, I mean, which is, a, it's quite a number of stuff in the set. There's a lot of fours in this set. I don't yeah, know Yeah, it is a very strong card in the set. It's not a common, um, and that is actually one of the weaknesses that there is in Sanctum, the set, is it doesn't have a lot of creature control in it, and then this is its card, and it's not a common. Right. So you can't count on them for good creature control. Um Right, Saurians is also get, still around. Yeah, Axiom and Tertiate. Tertiate, really good one. Targeted, big board removing stuff. That's often very good. Star Alliance has still got a lot of strength. Having, you know, Quantrino Flux is not a board wipe, but it it can functionally be a huge swing card. Uh, General Order 24, that's an interesting one, but definitely controls boards. And then they have Red Alert as well, which in this one, with the way you play creatures in the set, like thinking about Red Alert sometimes can be worth it. Although I don't know if I ever actually play around Red Alert and Sealed. I just I just go. But on the other hand, I wouldn't, if I had four on board and, you know, in hand, I don't have any of that house, I might still just play that house and Sealed because that's, quite possibly enough delta to make playing board better in sealed definitely like you don't have to have as big of a delta versus your opponent to win a sealed game as you expect in high-end archon so overboarding versus star alliance where they could have red alert is not something you want to do uh do we say savage clash yet no, no, because so, I, no. I was just sticking with the Starline stuff. So, oh, yeah. okay. I was yeah. like, I'm just kind of going through it. I'm like, I don't think we even got to, no. like, we haven't even Sav- really honestly touched on Savage Clash is a huge common um, creature control card, right? Destroys everything except their strongest and your weakest single creature. Uh, so that one is, you know, if you see, again, if you see that they have Untamed, you're just going to assume they have Savage Clash. That's just a safe assumption. Yeah. Uh, then there's agree. some other ones that kind of count as C, um, like Mind Over Matter, which archives all creatures. I find that card to be exceptionally powerful, especially if they play mixed board, where you can just hand choke them by putting all their stuff back in their archives. Again, this one, because it archives everything, works really well against capture decks because they capture all your amber all over the place. Then you Mind Over Matter, get all your amber back, and then. They have to take more than one turn to reset their board. It's a very strong card, but it's at rare, so I don't think it's something to think about a lot. Same with Amber Lucian, another true board wipe, clears everything, but then resets everything readied so your opponent gets to use their creatures. It can it can bite you, and because we're not playing Archon, it's not as likely you're going to have a good Amber Lucian like Grim Reminder deck where you can get more value out of it. But it is remember, one thing to remember is Amber Lucian is put into play and not play creatures when it plays everything. So it does skip 
um, enhancement pips and play effects. So, all right, we got about ten minutes left, so let's get powerful. into let's get into some of the artifacts we have to look out for. You guys still say Eaton's jar is Eaton's jar rare? Eaton's jar is definitely rare, and it's still a very important card. In this case, this is where you have to go through and look at the most important commons in each house. Know what they are so you know what you're calling against because this is sealed. You don't know what they're playing. But if you can name Rad Penny uh, against a Shadows deck that has two Rad Pennies, it is a significant hit. So, what about essence scale? We don't have have that on the list. Is that not a thing to really look? I mean, honestly, look out for in sealed or so. Is here's that the too, thing: is that too narrow? Is it too? Then that's kind of it. Is like, what can you really do to play around it? I think the other big one, because um, we had Eden's Jar, Harvest Time, Borrowed, Blossom Drake, Reclaimed these, by Nature. These are these are our cards. Like, how yeah, do you deal just, with artifacts? Yeah. And the really the only one is Borrow. Is borrow and reclaim by nature are two things that are out there, but borrow is really the one you have to think about existing because them stealing your important artifacts, which the ones that we had kind of picked out here were Curiosaurus, which borrow doesn't really matter against. Nope. Amphora Captura, Auto Encoder, and Transporter Platform. Those kinds of cards getting borrowed can just give the game away to your opponent. So if you see they have shadows, you may I say, if have... If I see shadows, do I just chuck Curiosaurus and call it a day? Well, not Curiosaurus, because yeah. that one doesn't oh, matter who controls it, but giving auto, somebody... Auto let's say, like, yeah, I was going to say, let's say, like, an auto quarter or an Amphora. It's a hard choice. Like, I, I don't know if you can chuck it. Um, because Where? you get so much value out of the card and chucking it if they don't have borrow. Um, it, it's it's a very tough thing, but like if they get to borrow your auto encoder or your amphora, that may just be game. Well, and the other question comes at what point? You you now roll out with auto encoder. You have it turn one, and you see that they have shadows, logos, and dis. Okay. Are you playing that? Because you're getting so much value with it being turn one right away. Um, you know, th- that's where you're going to have now, to make I, some calculated decisions. I most definitely think you're playing it. Um, oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> and running that risk of they borrow it on turn two and then you just kind of be cry. sad. Yep. <laughs> you just kind of cry. Well, I yeah, mean, it's, it'd be a sad uh, day. But I mean, you, you don't just chuck it and wait for the cycle. No. I mean, because because. MM is like the fastest no. set. No, you can't just chuck it. Like you got to you got to be going cuz you you, you got to be going for the throat. The the worst things I see I think I see people do is play too defensively. Uh, I mean hand, hand raised over here by Ewok. Yeah. One hand raised. I, I didn't want to call you out, buddy. Uh but you, you got to go for the throat often, right? If you if you try to play defensive, you're just giving them a chance to get their offense going and win the game. So uh, it's. I'm it's, just gonna say every time I every time I go by Dan's philosophy, which for the longest time was always my philosophy in any sort of game. Dan comes and plays a borrow, steals all my stuff, and then I'm just <laughs> left crying in the corner, sad and lonely. Just saying, it all it always happens. That's why I'm saying, do you just chuck it and say, "Well, good goodbye." But think about the value that it's giving to you. And so, 
But if think they about the value it could give your opponent. Correct. But if I get value, if I'm playing at turn one and I get value on turn one and because it's out there, turn one, two, three, if even let's say on average, I'm going to go ahead and get four turns out of it. Is that worth it? At what that, point that is really it, depends. what point is it not? That right. depends so much on your know. deck. It is it is very hard to say, but borrow is just, definitely a card that can just ruin your day very quick with some of these artifacts. And I, I got I, I I have to imagine if I'm playing Shadows, which I, I'm sorry, is in this set kind of one of the weaker houses. No, Shadows is one of the best houses in this I set. I would say uh, it is middle. No, you're playing too much Archon. I got about, I got, let me give you all my shit shadows decks that are in my box right now. (laughs) I mean, Bone Nithing and Rad Penny are both commons. Yeah, and and they're great cards. They make decks. I'm not discrediting them, but like the Shadows house, and maybe this is all houses because I've opened tons of decks where it's like, this house is great, but this house is poo-poo. I'm not interested, you know, like. I don't know. MM is such a strange set because like one bad house can just make the whole deck kind of chug. But then like one great house can just totally elevate like an entire deck. It's mind boggling, really. Um, I haven't quite figured out MM to 100% yet because it's just for me too crazy. If you guys have figured it out, call me stupid, but. I think there's just so many variables you can't account for everything. I think the problem is is steel still is extremely powerful, and having both Bo Nithing and Rad Penny with steel at a common slot really helps in a sealed format. Sure. Um, I would also argue that when you're looking at safe place, is being able to have options to like pull back things like creatures right. like Bo Nithing. And listen, Johnny forward. Longfingers, my favorite card in the set, my guy. I mean, I love them. You know, like Johnny's are rare, though. I think that you have borrowed on common. So, and that's really it: is look at the commons, look at what's happening, um, and then look where you are in the actual tournament. Um, is it your first round? Is it second? Like the the deeper you get, you can probably start to assume that the players either know what they're playing or that they have some solid cards coming from those houses. Again, I think there's things that each of these houses can do, but I also see some real weaknesses in each of them as well. Right. Yeah, so so I guess what I'm going to, if, so I had, I actually did three decks myself the other day and opened three decks, looked them over trying to decide what to play, and, yeah, ultimately C was the biggest driving factor, and then, and then Amber Control. When I know I'm playing against other mass mutation, because you find you play against one person with double subject Kirby and you don't have enough creature control to deal with that. They just flood you so fast. Yeah. You get real sad. And so many of the creatures have good play effects. Like, you know, half the dino combo creatures have built in creature control in them. That's the other half. Like, because if you kill them, you know, I gateway them all. They're all coming back. And most of the creatures in the set have play abilities. Yeah, there are a lot of good playabilities in this set. So, like, Kirby's, um, things that we're talking about, you had to really watch for Kirby's, Key Frogs, Johnny's, Senator Brockus, Ludo, depending on your deck, Purifier of Souls um, is a thing. Master of the Grey, pretty big time, because an average deck has nearly 18 pips in it, and Master of the Grey turns off all pips. 
Um, yeah. So you got to deal with them. You got to remember to deal with your fan dangles. Uh, he's definitely going to be a thing that is going to win games. Sins, right? You see, you see sins starting coming down. They win games when not answered. So you yeah. got to deal with the sins. And then as we talked about Kronos and Scrivener, which we think in Archon are often must deal with creatures. Maybe not so much in sealed. It's there. Uh, they're more of an edge case, and you have to look at where the game situation is on dealing with them. All right, we're closing into our final sixty seconds. So, Jr., any final thoughts? I just wanted to go ahead and send a big shout out to everyone who signed up for Keyforge Live. Super pumped about um, everyone signing up, and I look forward to being able to see you, being able to play. If you are too far away or you can't make it that weekend, no worries. But uh, we do appreciate all the support, and it's going to be a phenomenal weekend. Mr. Dan? Keep playing Keyforge. We are now playing Tuesday Night Seals and Sunday Night Archon. There is currently no Thursday night event, so quit looking for those for the time being. <laughs> all right. I'm going to post these decks that Dan uh, did kind of – he kind of opened them up. Uh, they're all scanned, right? So QR yep, code they're all scanned now. Okay. So I'm going to post them on the Twitter. You guys can decide which deck. We've kind of already made our decision of which one we would choose. Um, and try just to pick one. Don't use, um, you know, don't don't use decks of Keyforge. Don't use anything. Just use your eyes and scan them quickly. You have five minutes to choose the best one and go. And that's it. So we'll see you all next week where we'll be talking. What are we doing? Uh, Archon next week? Survival? Yeah. Archon survival. survival strategies. We will see you next week. We're talking survival. Take it easy. It makes a difference when a community gets thousands of new jobs. It makes a bigger difference when all of those jobs pay more than double the federal minimum wage. All Amazon employees make at least $15 an hour. Employees aren't the only ones who experience the impact of our starting wage. Neighbors like Sylvia and Francois of Sylvia's Cafe in Opelaka, Florida, feel the impact of that extra spending money. See their story at aboutamazon.com forward slash 15. You know you want that smoky, tangy, sweet and spicy sauced and tossed wing stop. But it's only fourth period, and you have to teach English to a bunch of kids all afternoon. But don't let that stop you from enjoying those juicy, boneless wings. Why not just pop in that Romeo and Juliet DVD, kick up your feet, and click order now. Shakespeare can take it from here. Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Get the Big Night In bundle at wingstop.com. 25 boneless wings for $16.99 at participating locations only. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter.
we're back and can I get a whole oh, yeah? Oh yeah. I can't do it. Oh, I'll actually be honest, I was actually <laughs> expecting I was actually expecting a long silence from you. I was thinking he's not gonna do it. At least you tried. I'm actually really I happy did. about that. You really tried. Um, I've had yeah. four and a half hours sleep doing a high yeah this early in the morning. And uh, you... well actually no, it's not early for some people, it's actually like what it's midday now, but the fact that I went to bed at like half seven. You went to bed at half seven. I went to bed at four a.m. because I'm trying to adjust myself back to work pattern for tonight. But um, right, let's get do an intro. Let's actually do an intro, shall we? So this is Talks with Dorks, episode twenty-two. My name's Ryan. I'm one half of Talks with Dorks, and the other voice you heard, the one that's not so happy and alive just yet, is my friend Ash. Ash, how you doing? Oh, I go on. I'm, yeah, um, I'm wait, waiting for my uh, coffee to kick in. Hopefully, it should kick in about 20 minutes into this podcast. Well, I'd uh, like my coffee to kick in, but as I said to you, I'd made a coffee, put it down next to me, and then I looked around and it was all on the floor. So, yeah, I'm not doing so great, to be honest. Um, Your carpet's going to be on the walls. No, my carpet, no, I've got flooring and I laminate flooring, so, yeah. Oh, that's all right, it can just wait there then. I've got that mid-2000s flooring, you know what I'm saying, when everyone went laminate. Um... (laughs) Um, but yeah, we're back with another episode. Makes bit... it really hard to do doggy and socks, though, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I'm usually here on my own, so yeah, pretty fucking hard. <laughs> really hard with no one around. <laughs> he just sat on my knees like, what's going on? What? <laughs> Sticking it in between the mattress and the bed. Did you? Did I have the camera on or something? Did you see me doing that this morning? <laughs> what the fuck? Um, speaking of, um, I, I, I mean, obviously we're going to start referencing masturbating and stuff like that on this show because we always do. We seem to, we're big, we're getting a little bit more relaxed with how we're talking what? about. Yes, <laughs> last week we were talking about how TikTok, how often TikTok leads to wanking, um, oh, pretty much yeah, all right. the time. <laughs> your, uh, your evidence is uh, on point. Okay. I nearly got caught the other day. Oh, do explain. What? Well, I I was having a sneaky one in the bathroom. <laughs> in the bathroom, and she walked in. Um, so yeah. Who walked in? Your mum? No, <laughs> you dickhead. No, my missus walked in. <laughs> my missus walked in. But um, you know, like you sort of like ah 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 ah. I started adjusting the blinds and stuff. Stood there. <laughs> with a rock on. <laughs> whoops. Uh, whoops. Next time, lock the fucking door, you dickhead. Um, but she was oblivious, hopefully, unless she listens to this. Um, yeah. yeah. But, um, Not so oblivious. So, yeah, we're back with episode 22. And uh, to be fair, quite a lot has happened in two weeks. And I'm glad we're doing this sort of thing where we're doing a lot of the news now in each episode rather than waiting a month because there's a lot happened in two weeks that we can talk about just now just for the one episode so i'm quite happy about that um yeah yeah i mean like i've uh i was literally just saying to you that so much has happened and then it comes around doing a podcast and i can't remember any of it i think i remember about two bloody things that happened so some of it you're probably going to be jogging my memory on <laughs> right okay so we've had a couple of trailers for a couple of films um do you want to start with the trailers? Do you want to start with news from DC? Because, I mean, I'm actually quite excited because, like, DC news-wise, we've actually got quite a good, like, something... We've got a lot of good stuff to talk about when it comes down to well, like, the Flash. One of the um one of the actual things that I... That's it, yeah, it was all the Flash stuff, wasn't it? got released over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But in on terms of DC, something that you was going to be 
really happy about, and I know you'd have heard about this, is that Smallville is returning, but uh, in an animated form. This has been spoken about for a while. Um, I remember um, Michael Rosenbaum had said it a few because he does it. He said like, "I cannot be doing the whole shaving my head anymore. I, don't, I can't do that." He said yeah. that along. One of the main reasons he left Smallville was like, "I can't be doing shaving my head. I can't I hate it." Um, so he said, "If it comes back in an animated form, it's fine. I don't have to shave my head." Boom! Yeah. It's now looks like it's pretty much confirmed that they'll be coming back in an animated form. Um, which did you ever read the comics that followed on? from uh, Smallville. I, I did, and obviously that's when it started. They were able to go a little bit more... Like, they introduced Batman into it when they couldn't introduce him into the show. Batman's into it, in it. Green Lantern's in it and stuff. So, the, the, I mean, I don't know if they're going to continue on after the comics or do the comics or completely do a brand new thing, but it'd be good to see. Um, so, there's a lot of rumours about Smallville at the moment and coming back. Supposedly... Well, you know who's not going to be coming back? Alison Mack! Um, <laughs> Chloe Sullivan... She's still in prison for... Uh, not still fucking... in prison, she's just been sentenced this week, so... Um, this fuck me, really? Yeah, literally this week. Because um, that came out like fucking donkeys years ago that she was being done for... What was it, like sexual... Um... Right, so... Looking oh, into this, because it? it's been all over the news, I, I've actually got Alison Mack uh, goes to goes to jail on my list. Um, that so, sounds like a TV show in itself. That, that would be. Do you a, remember Alice Mack used to a, turn to water? Return, Alex Mack, yeah. It <laughs> sounds like that. Alex uh, Mack goes to jail, but can't right. keep her in there though. She so, fucking face shifts for it like the Terminator. Alison Mack is obviously, if, if those that don't know, Smallville alumni. She was Chloe Sullivan, a character completely brand new for Smallville. But like, then they started putting her in the comics and stuff like that. When they went back into, like, in the actual DC comics, she became a thing because of this character, didn't she? Um, mm. But after all that, it turns out that she was secretly uh, part of a cult. Like, I can't remember the name of it, NVIXM or something like that. And this guy made her his second in charge and was. Um, she was basically like detailed with making bringing women into this cult to to be like some kind of sex slave and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, so this week she's been sentenced and she's gone to prison after trying to do a whole. I regret my mistakes and stuff, but like I regret everything. I, I was completely blinded by his teachings and stuff like that kind of plea. But then there's like women that were in the court from what I read saying like she was so like evil she was like she was so much a part of this like it, a lot of the problems were her like she was the one convincing people to do this she mm. she's not innocent in any way she she was fully fledged into this fucking cult um yeah but like we don't get cults though in the UK do we we don't really get cults in, in like in the sense of what they have in America um we don't have scientology um, really uh um, no we do have a cult i think it's called um politics yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but like, luckily, only pricks go into that, and not people we actually like, <laughs> um, like Matt Hancock. Um, <laughs> do, do, by the way, do you remember my joke, my Matt Hancock joke last week at work? My first night back, or was you two smashed? Um, yeah, the likelihood of me being too smashed is quite high. So, well, yeah, you were already smashed before you got there. Um, so, obviously, I went back to work last week. My first proper DJ gig. Uh, well, not proper because people can't dance, but an actual DJ gig where I'm getting paid again for a year, first time a year and a half. And I thought I'd be funny and come up with something relevant and have a joke. And I 
let this last song play out and I said, oh, I've got a request and a shout out come in. So this one goes out to Matt Hancock and played It Wasn't Me. Uh, and everyone cheered. Oh, yeah. Everyone cheered. I was I was so happy with the reaction. Like I was like completely keeping it relevant. I mean, yeah, I've seen the older It Wasn't Me videos doing the rounds. That, that's what I mean. So that was like, obviously, yeah. I knew that, that, that there was the video and that. So I thought like most people will get this reaction. Like yeah. currently, two of the biggest things you can talk about to make people laugh is either Matt Hancock or Harvey Price's What a Day. Oh god, I did that in the toilet with someone as well. What what a day. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, was fucking I was taking a piss and this guy stands next to me in a cubicle and he just goes like just very casual, just goes, Oh, what a day. And I turn around and go, Oh, what a day. And then he just turns around and goes, Oi, don't take the piss out of disabled people. And I was like, Oi, don't fucking start it. It, hang on, no, ain't nobody <laughs> taking the piss out of this. I mean, all right, there's people oh, like no. they're putting on things, but I, it's just it's it's how he says it because he's so. I mean, I genuinely, I actually really like watching Harvey Price videos, not because I think oh, there's a disabled kid and it's fun. It's because he's really sweet and he's stuff he comes out with is you know he's got obviously got a child's mind etc stuff like that, but his stuff he comes out with is quite funny because he has a child's mind. No, Ash, no, we're not going down that fucking road. Where you try. Like, I'm trying to get us cancelled. You're, you're trying to do everything so your missus don't have a go at you for recording on a Saturday, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> to, no, but it's, it's true. Like I, I generally, I like his videos not because I think, oh, ha, ha, he's got a disability. I think he's, he's a funny character. He's generally a funny bloke. He's all, And he's always fucking spoke the truth. That's the one thing. Look at that time when he went on that Good Morning Britain or whatever it was. What do you say to people that uh, is nasty to Har- Harvey? Hello, you cunt. Yes, Harvey! Fucking yes! Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm not like a massive fan of it all because I just think that really Katie Price is using him to keep herself relevant and massively. I just, massively. I'm, I'm like, I don't really agree with it. I was like, it's, it's a bit harsh because he wouldn't have as many trolls and people taking piss out of him if it wasn't for her putting him all over the internet and subjecting him to it. My, I mean, luckily, I think she keeps a lot of that from him. So, because uh, that, how harsh would that be? You know what I mean? Like, your kids, obviously, as you said, he's got a bit of a child's mind. So, it's like, could you imagine, like, I wouldn't put my kid through that. Like, putting her out there for the public to see and take the piss out of, I think it's quite harsh. Like, I wouldn't do that. So, I'm guessing that he's got to be kind of oblivious to a lot of it. But, anyway, this is a very geeky of us, isn't it? Now we're talking about serious matters, which I don't like. I don't like talking serious things. <laughs> yeah, but we're not. We're not. We're, talking, we're, talking, we're, we're trying to cover ourselves for, do, for... We basically just quoted Harvey Price and we just covered ourselves by saying that we're not actual arseholes by taking... Oh, the, no, I'm, I'm a full-on arsehole. Yeah, I, I know mean, you are. It's fine. But, again, this is where you do your disclaimer and everything is your opinion, my... Like, where you tried making me out to be sexist last week. I'm not sexist in any way. You just said that you laugh at disabled people's videos. Oh, for fuck's sake. See what I mean? So it's, it's nothing about a disclaimer. Oh, I didn't bring it up. You was the one sitting there saying, I just quoted him. And then you're the one sitting there saying, no, I actually like laughing at it. But not because he's disabled, because he's cute. I was like, yeah, all right. I'm pretty sure it's because he's disabled. But, you not know, whatever you've got to do to uh, not get yourself slightest. out of that hole. Right, I'm just going to point this out from now I on. I mean, last, this, last this episode, you was being very... Uh, last episode, you was being really fucking sexist. Well, like, and listen, we f- we found out you're a bit of a male chauvinist, but um, I'm going to say this now that this podcast is probably going once a month after this because I can't deal with your <laughs> fucking sh- bullshit. <laughs> I've already cut it down to every two weeks, but I just can't deal with your bullshit. 
Like, actual... <laughs> no, like, it's nothing to do with laughing at his disability. Like, the kid, the guy is quite funny. He comes out with funny things. I mean, all right. Yeah, like you say, Katie Price, there wouldn't be... Are you saying that things that disabled people come out with is funny? Sometimes. Just because Breakfast. they're disabled. Breakfast. Breakfast. Uh, so, <laughs> so you've got a fucking bit of a disabled king, in you? You got you sit there, and this is your pastime now. You're on TikTok for the uh, disability. Isn't isn't all of TikTok pretty much that anyway? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, right? No, I, like, Mate, this is probably making you sweat, isn't it? Little bit, little bit. I like. I'm, I like. I <laughs> You're like. Fuck I've got fuck, no coffee um, left. How- how can I not make myself sound bad at laughing at disabled people's videos? When Ash is there to just fucking whatever I say, knock me back down a couple of pegs and remind me that I'm a fucking arsehole too. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so Alison Mack, she's in prison. Um, nice recovery. Nice recovery, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's in prison. Um, but yes, we're saying about Smallville and like other things. There's rumours going about that, that there's going to be a Smallville cameo in The Flash and we'll get more into The Flash very, very fucking shortly. Don't um, tap on the table. It's very uh, loud. <laughs> Sit on your fucking hands. Uh, no, because then a the finger goes in my bum, and I don't, I don't like it when I'm talking to you because you look me in the eyes. Um, <laughs> this is going weird already, and we're only thirty minutes in. Um, hey, I didn't make it weird. You made it weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now remove the finger from my asshole and carry on. Um, oh, for fuck's sake. sake! Yeah, I'll just sniff my finger. Um, Right, so yeah, Smallville cameos. There's supposedly there's different rumours about Smallville. There's there's also going to be like say a Flash cameo in the Flash movie of Smallville. Um, there's going to be the, the animated series. Alison Mack's going to do a prison documentary. Um, <laughs> the new Netflix show, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mate. They need to be fair. That's a fucking documentary I'd watch to find out more about that. Yeah, I mean, like, well, I don't know much on it. I know that she was done for like. Um, what is it like sexual fucking what is it where they bring people into thing? I can't remember um, I can't remember what they fucking call it now my brain's not working but, um, but yeah where they bring people into it Jeffrey Etsy, yeah where they n- yeah no like like Jeffrey Etsy, no, but it's um, where you bring people from abroad to be sexual slaves and I can't remember what the fucking name but there's an actual name for it it's not sexual exploitation it was um, um, sexual trafficking sex trafficking traf- sex trafficking Wow, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I know that's what she was uh, being kind of sent down for, but this yeah. was so long ago that I'm surprised that it took till this week to get sentenced. But I mean, I, I, I mean, ago. I don't. Do, do you get like the whole like how you could be brainwashed by these cults into thinking like it's you know I mean obviously some people are very well, there's there's a word I can't think of. Um, I mean I, I'm quite a obsessive person when i get into something i get obsessed with it like well, it scares me stuff like scientology and stuff like that. i mean it's probably a harmless thing scientology but like you hear you hear these stories are people are brainwashed into thinking and they they drink cow's blood and stuff. oh yeah like 100 percent. you've got like um say like for today you've got this freedom movement they're brainwashed into thinking that they can actually make a fucking difference by protesting when actually they're calling everyone else sheep that are falling in line and wearing masks and getting jabs and all that lot. But I'm like, actually, you guys are the fucking sheep because like you actually think that you're going to change something and you ain't going to change shit because politicians run the world, money runs the world, and there's not a damn fucking thing you could do about it. You could protest on the streets all you fucking want. When has that ever changed anything? The only thing that actually changes governments is people rising up and actually gunning down governments and blowing up parliament buildings like they've done in like the Middle East when they've overthrown fucking warlords and shit like that, where they've actually gone in and killed everyone. 
That's what it takes to fucking overthrow government. Not sit there with your little pickets outside fucking Downing Street going, ah, we want fucking freedom and all that shit. Because guess what? It just looked like you were wanking on the screen. It just looked like you were wanking. Everyone's fucking brainwashed by shit these days. Again, not to not to always bring up the, when I went to America, but when I went to America, um, oh, fuck's sake, what a day, what a day. Um, when I, obviously in in LA, obviously I've got a picture of the building as well. There's a big Scientology building, and obviously one one of the evenings I was on my own, uh, just walking down Hollywood Boulevard, you know, because my friend was uh, on strong medication; he'd gone to bed early. So I, I walked down, and I walked past the Scientology building, and they were trying to talk to me, and I fucking shit myself. I was so scared that within five <laughs> seconds they were going to convince me and going to take me into this building and turn me into like I was going to be probed by aliens and shit. I don't know. They, but they, they had like really. Hi, would you like to hear about social Scientology? No, thank you. Fuck I'm yes. off, and I run, and I just run. I run all the way to Compton <laughs> and stayed there. Um, is there coffee then i'm in yeah just don't spill it on your fucking bedroom floor before you start recording um but yeah like it was it was quite like that like they had all like, like mesmerizing music when you walk past a building you know have you ever played gta when he kind of basically joins the scientology cult gta 5 yeah yeah it's kind of like that you know the music that goes with it yeah, yeah. i'm sorry i keep tapping i'm gonna keep my hands up here i'm sorry um yeah, it's, it's just so, when you tap, your fucking cameras going like bah, 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 moving side to side, and all I can do is like doom, doom, doom on the fucking the mic. So it's like it's hard to hear what you're saying when you're tapping. I, I don't know what it is about the tapping. It's only started like two or three weeks ago. Well, two or three episodes ago. I, it's just become a thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, wow. My, I, I was just looking at my voice, and it's very, very, very quiet. So I apologise if it's been very quiet on the mic. No, it's not quiet at all. Um, yeah. Okay. Scientology. Um, do we have anything more to talk about cults? Because we've dragged. Hey, mate, on... you brought up the cults. I thought this was the whole thing you're doing, but no, nope, I'm good. I mean, like, well, actually, um, talking of like cults and theories and shit like that, and you've got an actual question that uh, was put into us on the Instagram page, wasn't it? Right. Yes. Yeah, so the subject we wanted to cover. So this would be a good like tie into that. Yeah, but that's really good. I was, I was thinking we were going to leave this towards the end, but that's a good one. So yeah, on Instagram we put up or. I put up um, a poll saying, is there anything you'd like us to discuss uh, on the next episode? And a lot of people were talking things. um, We had one from uh, from Steve saying about talking about DC animation movies, which that's definitely an episode. We need to do a full episode on DC animation movies. Um, Mm, Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, We had questions. But one of the questions we had from Emma, who's a regular um, listener of ours, is to ask us to talk about... The Simpsons and The Simpsons predictions. Now, you know what this is, right? It's a, it's a thing that people believe that The Simpsons have been able to predict the future for a long fucking time. And when you look into it, uh, I mean, all right, there's some false ones that they've edited pictures and stuff. But when you look into it, there's actually certain things that The Simpsons have predicted that have come true. Um, and I, it's quite interesting. What what like what ones stand out to you? What have you got written down for your list of Simpsons predictions that came well, true? The thing with like the Simpsons predictions is that a lot of them like obviously they think that someone in the Simpsons was a fucking time traveler and he obviously knows this is the whole fear like the conspiracy or the theory side of it was that one of them's a fucking time traveler has come back with all this fucking information and like yeah a lot of the stuff's come kind of true because when you're doing like a comedy series and you know you've been going as long as Simpsons have been going you're probably going to stumble onto a couple. Like, for instance, say, like, the Siegfried and Roy's tiger attack. 
not being funny, but that's a pretty like logical one to predict that two guys that have imprisoned a fucking Bengal tiger or whatever the fuck it is, the little snow one, the white one, like that eventually are going to get fucking eaten by it on stage. You know, it's a bit of a comedy. It was a bit of a laugh. And actually that one come through. So it's not that far-fetched to think that, you know, that could happen. So, um, and obviously when you're talking about anything, like I know that they're talking about um, all the stuff future, like FaceTime and smartwatches, stuff like that. But you look at any kind of, if you take any show, which they're going to eventually do stuff on the future, we're all sitting there thinking what would be easy if it was like the future what would someone create to make our life easier for instance like back in like with the i don't know when it was done like probably like 98 or 94 or something where they've done all the smart watches on the simpsons and then now we've actually got them but when you're back then and you're sitting there thinking how easy would it be to have like all your messages and stuff come through on a little watch rather than like a phone or a computer you know something you can always walk around with so it's not that far-fetched to think about it's it don't make you a fucking time traveler I think like that, you know? what someone's taken. I personally think it's someone's taken an idea and run with it, and like certain certain things, like you say, like the, the tiger thing that did come through. So that's an easy one. Smartwatches. You look at things like Star Trek. Star Trek had communicators in 1966, handheld mm. communicators. That's a mobile phone, really. And then you go to Star Trek Next Generation. They had the little. I've got one of them up in the loft. The little. Remember the little handheld computer thing they used to communicate with Starfleet on. That's basically yeah. a laptop and Skyping. It's yeah. basically Skyping. So a lot of things have come true that just because, like I say, it's just it's technology. It's the way things have gone forward. And at the time, it yeah. was, when when they were showing it, it was a futuristic thing. But now it's actually a reality. It's not like yeah. it's actually a prediction. Um, but, I mean, I'm going through some of the lists. There was one, the faulty voting machine. Did you see that? They did the faulty voting machine for Barack Obama when they were trying yeah. to... Uh, pr- trying to press Barack Obama, but it's instantly going to the other one, which did yeah. actually happen. That, again, is that is that like a, just just a guess? or Yeah, it's, just, it's one of those things where it's just a joke, isn't it? It's like, imagine that you're going to vote for someone and you can't physically vote for them because the machine's fucked. And then, actually, technology being technology, especially in today's world, anyone that works with fucking computers or technology knows that it's absolute bollocks sometimes and it fucks with you. And, it, lo and behold, it actually happened. So it's like, once again, not that far-fetched that those things... It is coincidental that it did happen. Like, you know, even with the Trump thing, that was a bit of a fetch, a, a far-fetched one. Who the fuck would have thought Donald Trump would have been president? And yet they predicted that one. That was a bit of a funny one where I was like, all right, that's quite amusing. Like, yeah, he's a powerful figure and he wants to be fucking, you know, up there. But... That's one of those ones, though, that, like, hang on, that it can... Like, that, that, like you say, it's far-fetched, but it's come true. That's one of those ones that I said that they've gone... Or actually, we can use that as a true prediction because it now has come true. Yeah. I think the only one that had any fucking significance and it actually shocked me when I actually read it was, have you heard of the the Higgs and Boson, the uh, God particle equation? No. Okay, so the the God particle is the idea of um, how the Big Bang, you know, like how the Earth was created and stuff, how everything has a mass. And there is an equation to it. And this equation was um figured out by uh, i think like physicists in like 2012 right but yeah homer simpson wrote the equation for the god particle on the board in 1998 right i've just seen that on a picture on you i've just seen that higgs boss right okay 
the Wizard of Evergreen Terrace Hammer right out in the crazy I'm sure it were. Now, this is something like, as I said, this was an actual scientific thing, which is like, if that is true, I don't know how edited that was. I remember reading about it a long time ago. It may be a thing where they've totally edited the board and they've put that equation on there. It wasn't far. It wasn't like the exact one, but it was like it wasn't far off or something. It was the actual like God particle kind of thing. But that was the only one that significantly stood out to me because I was like, holy fuck, because that's an actual scientific breakthrough. Homer Simpson's fucking put on a board in 1998, which physicists only worked out in 2012. Okay, so So that one I'm like, okay, if that is 100% true and that actually happened, I'd have to go back to the episode, pause it, and make sure the actual equation is identical to the Higgs and Boson um, equation. But but that's the only one that I'm like, that one I can't necessarily explain as well as the others. Well, there's... Um, yeah, I'm looking... Disney owns Fox. Back in 1998, a quick scene in The Simpsons showed 20th Century Fox as a division of Walt Disney Co. And in 2019, Disney completed its 71.3 billion acquisition of 21st Century Fox's film and TV assets. That's pretty... That's pretty cool. Like if, if that's back in 1998 and they've... Put 20th Century Fox, uh, a division of Walt Disney, or has well, who's, 20th... um, right? So who's who's owns The Simpsons back then? 20th Century Fox. So is it not necessarily too unrealistic that Disney was already trying to put a play into buy them back then, and Fox was like, "Nah, you're right." But then they were just like, "Let's put that in anyway." It's like fucking that Disney are going to own us at some point. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. Like, so it's like they're, they're, it's all like explainable if you think about it. Obviously, logically, I know like people love the whole time traveler thing. Like, some people just a lot of people don't take it seriously. Like, we've heard of oh, Simps- people from Simpsons are time travelers because they predicted the future. Most people are just like that's a funny concept, and yeah, it's strange how they have predicted so much. But logically, when you think about it, obviously, any smart person that would like to, or I would hope, would sit there and think logically about things. Well come down to the equation of it's not that far-fetched for some of this to happen. Like with the whole Fox thing, like I said, they might have been making, they might have been putting interest back then, Disney, saying that they would like to own Fox and like to own all this. So they probably knew about that back in 94 or 98 or whenever the fuck that episode came about. But, um, but yeah, the whole sit there, some people are like, oh yeah, they're definitely time travellers. I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> so you're, you're a non-believer. So it is, I think it's a, it's the way of the world at the moment is that someone can make a theory and people get behind. It's a cult thing. Going back to the cult thing. People get behind these theories so much because there's video proof that no, nobody, nobody can edit videos these days. Can they? Nobody can make things. It's okay. A- so if we're going to go into the whole time traveling aspect of it, the way I see it is, is that human beings at their core are selfish motherfuckers. Okay. So if I'm going to sit there and think about this as a time traveler, right? What if I was a time traveler? And I think if I'm actually thinking logically of anyone on the planet that goes back in time or goes or from the future, goes back in time. The last thing they're going to do is go up to the fucking producers of Simpsons and go, let's add this, let's add this, let's do this and let's do this. What they're going to do is what Biff done in Back to the Future too, aren't they? Yeah, get the they're going to take that. any fucking lottery tickets. They're going to look up what lottery tickets are on what day. They're going to go back in time. They're going to buy a lottery ticket and they're going to win the fucking lottery. So that Euro Millions that no one claimed, they're going to go. I'm going to claim that one, and then, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to claim the one in another few weeks' time as well. 
and I'm going to claim the next one. I'm going to be the most ultimate fucking billionaire on the face of the fucking planet and enjoy my life. Not sitting there and go, I'm going to write a Simpsons episode. Yeah, true. Like, I mean, have you ever seen Hot Tub Time Machine, like one and two, like the way that, that they change the future where he makes Google Lugal and stuff. <laughs> See there, that's it. That's a sort of thing I've been doing. It's been a long doing. time since I've seen it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, we're doing. And um, what's his name? Um, ah, I can remember his real name's Craig, but the, the black guy in it, it's him. Yeah. He, where he make he gets famous for all the songs that he make. He releases songs early, so like he does. Um, Let's get it started by the Black Eyed Peas in the eighties. <laughs> fucking brilliant! Absolutely brilliant. That I love Hot Tub Time Machine. The best line ever in that movie is, "Excuse me, what colour's Michael Jackson? He's black." Ah! It's <laughs> one of the best fucking videos. How to check what year you're in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Absolutely fucking such a underrated film, the Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, but so, yeah, so 20th, 20th Century Fox. So Simpsons predicts the future. Ash is a non-believer. I'm kind of like, certain things, okay, yeah, certain things, like, it is a bit weird that they come out with, like, the horse meat scandal and stuff like that. But it's just, they've made jokes about, like, you know what you say, it's like, they've made jokes about things that inevitably came true. That it's like realistically, they're actually just giving you clues of what the world's really fucking like, not future. What the re- yeah, I mean, like if you look at any comedian as well, make cracking jokes. I'm pretty sure that comedians over the years they've cracked a joke about something and it's actually ended up coming to fruition. Mm. So it's not like I said, it's not far fetched when you sit there and you make a joke or you predict something on a comical level. Eventually, like odds of that happening, you know, somewhere down the line, it could happen. You know, like people sit there and make jokes of all these accidents that happen to people, like someone getting run over by their own car or some shit like that. How many times does that happen in the fucking day? It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, this shit does happen. You said that, and that instantly made me think about um, that young guy that played Chekhov in the Star Trek movie. Star Trek, yeah. That fucking mate, that. I actually really got me when that happened. That really fucking got me because he was such got a. Got him young... as well. Wow. That joke. Was <gasps> Actually, talking about that, I was on Prime the other day, right? Talking about going, I was like, this is so dark. But um, I was on Prime flicking through movies, and all of a sudden, there was a fucking Paul Walker video on the top there. Do you know what it was called? Go on. Roadkill. Oh. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, Prime. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's just like, once again, time travelers. They cast Paul Walker in it, called it Roadkill. It's like it's like you know he was they knew. famous for being in movies about fast cars. He died in a fast car. No, maybe he was just passionate about fast cars. You know what I mean? Like you could make jokes about it and stuff like that all day long, and it's like shit let, does happen. Let, let's not make jokes about stuff like that. Like we, I, I tried not. But to that's react. but you're saying the same thing. You're like let's not make jokes about like back when Siegfried and Wood getting eaten by their own tiger. It was funny, wasn't it? On Simpsons, and then it happens in real life, and then you're like let's not make jokes about it. You know what I mean? So yeah, 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 people yeah. make jokes of things all the time. Like I could have sat there and made a joke about him being on Fast and Furious and dying in a horrific car accident because he was on Fast and Furious. You know, oh, missed that drift. Ba-boom. But it's like, all of a sudden, it's funny then when he's alive, but then when it actually happens, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, that's dark. We can't we can't make a joke of that anymore. Yeah, but no. it's like, that's what I mean. When you crack jokes about things, somewhere down the line, shit can happen. Like, things do happen. No, you know, I agree. I agree. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's fact because like you say, yeah, like say with the Paul Walker thing, he was always in movies about fast cars, and 
he died in a fast car. So then you like when you're looking back and there's almost times where he nearly dies in a fast car in those movies. You're like, oh my God, it's predicting what actually happened. No, it's just he was making movies about the things he was obviously passionate about. And he got he was too passionate, you know. He decided to go. I mean, I, I don't really know how to look at it, but from what it sounds like, he went for a joyride with his mate and were going was driving too fast. That's exactly what happened. Mm. He was driving too fast and too furious. So bad joke, bad joke. Yeah, bad joke. <laughs> I shouldn't have done it. But um, like that, um, we cited that by talking about the guy that played Chekhov in Star Trek. But like I said, that really like, when that happened, man, that was so like because from what. It, People believe he was leaving. He was going to filming, wasn't he? He was going to filming or something, and he jumped out of his car to go and open his gate, and the car's handbrake weren't on, hit him and crushed him, yeah. like like just like that, boom, dead. And he possibly he was there. They reckon he might have been there for a while, suffering like with that. Yeah, pelvic crush injury. Yeah, quite, uh, mate. Like, and he was only really young, wasn't he? Like really, really young. Man, we're doing quite yeah, a morbid was, like, episode today. Mid twenties, maybe or. Yeah, and he was a good actor. I really liked him as Chekhov. Because um, Chekhov, for me, was always quite a light-hearted character anyway. Um, yeah. He was quite good at it. He, he got he got the essence of what Chekhov should have been really well. They all did quite well with the casting on that, to be fair, uh, Star Trek. But speaking of casting, um, have you seen the news? Obviously, we know we're getting a new Transformers movie. Um, and off the top of my head, the name of it's gone, but it's basically Rise, it's, of, the um, Rise of the Beasts. Yeah, it's like the... Uh... Yeah, Rise of the Beast ones. Rise of the Beast, so it's or Beast something like, I think it's called like Rise of the Beast. I know what you want about that because I've seen it. But we've have you seen who's been cast as Optimus Primal? Yeah, it's um the guy that does the old um Hellboy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron Perlman, because he's voiced it, what, Optimus Primal before. Because originally I was like, oh, what are they doing? They're not doing user using. Fuck, I can't remember his name now. Why does this happen when we're recording? I could remember Optimus Price's name, the guy that plays him any day of the week. But when we're recording, I know it's Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen voices right. normal Optimus Prime. But obviously, this is a different. This is Optimus Prime or the ape, I suppose. I think that's what he is. Yeah, like, I don't know how to feel about this one because I don't know what direction they're going in. Like, I enjoyed... T- when Transformers first come out, the original, like Transformers movies, it was fun to see something you watched as a child, you know, come on live, on like the big screen in live action. And it, what, like, it, I suppose it was good, especially for its time. Like, it was kind of new. It's a Spielberg. It was, no, it weren't Spielberg, was it? It was um, Michael Bay. Was the, Michael Bay, yeah, the other explosion guy. Um, so yeah, it was a Michael Bay film. It's all like actiony and slow motion and all that kind of stuff. And I enjoyed watching it at the time. But then when you go back and watch them, like say now, I'm just really disappointed by how they looked and how it went down the whole Warner Brothers route of let's just make it and funny. So you froze a bit then. I don't know. When yeah, there was a massive. There was a massive cut out then. Um, yeah, it sounded like it got Warner Brothers bit. Let okay, just... so basically I was just saying, um, yeah, it, I, I did like the fact that they went down the Warner Brothers route of let's just make it funny and comedy and make it all funny, haha, rather than just a good action film, you know, it went a bit daft. Like at one point in fucking one of the Transformers movies, there was talking about one of the Transformers testicles. Yeah, yeah. You, you know that scene with yeah, the fucking 
on the old dig site and stuff and there's two balls swinging around and they're like is that his like testicles or some shit like that? i was like this is just daft but then i really like the direction they went in with bumblebee and you got a glimpse of the war for cybertron and how optimus prime looked back then you know how he should have looked the original generation one uh, optimus prime and i was really looking forward to them bringing that in because they was talking about after bumblebee they're doing a prime story but now that's kind of looks like it's been scrapped for well no this beast wars or whatever this rise of the beast movie is meant to be a continuation it's, it's set in 1994 um and it's meant to be like a continuation of bumblebee so they're, they're still going down <laughs> that route like I, I, when i look at transformers like you say it was transformers so we were excited about it but it's kind of the resident evil effect they kept doing films but take going away further and further and further away from the the source material, the what we know, and please do not get me fucking started on Hot Rod. I fucking hate. Oh Hot. yeah. Oh like, mate. Hot Rod was uh, a lot of people's favourites. Oh mate. And um, yeah, like what they did for Hot Rod, I was like, that's a bit of a disservice. In every because he was such a big character in every like, the fucking animated. movie that came out of Transformers. One thing I would do is Google what new Transformers. I'd try and find pictures of and try and find Hot Rod. It was I was always looking yeah. for Hot Rod, and I was always googling. They're going to put Hot Rod in. It's going to, and then finally they're like Hot Rod's going into it for last night or whatever it was, uh, Age of Extinction or whatever bullshit it was. And then we get him, and he's French, and he looks nothing like Hot Rod in the fucking slightest, mate. I was like, you just. You've just disappointed yourselves, like by ruining one of the my favourite characters and let alone other people's favourite characters. Are we distracting you, Ash? Or what? no? I'm just checking something up because there was another thing that I was really pissed off about. And you, you were talking about your favourite characters. And I just wanted to go back and look at them, but one of and because I remember there was something specific that pissed me off. But I've only seen the film once, and I never watched it again because it was shit. But it was in Transformers Two. One of my favourite characters, and I always had the weird one, because I think everyone in that watched Transformers, they had Optimus Prime as their favourite, uh, Hot Rod as their favourite, or Bumblebee as their favourite. Yeah, yeah. Those were people's favourites. I was a bit of a weird one. My two favourite characters were always Soundwave, because he had the cassette, basically because the toys, I think, a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. And, Jet, and Jetfire. Jetfire being my main guy. And Jetfire in Transformers 2... Was do you remember him? He was that old decrepit fucking jet that, with the walking stick. The the British one, yeah, the swore ones. I think he said bastard or shit or something. Yeah, that's yeah. Jetfire, and that I had that same kind of idea as you. I was just try, looking up what Transformers that was, and I couldn't remember what it was that pissed me off about. And then I saw the image of him, and that's what I was just looking up. And it was the fact he had the little walking stick, and he was all hunched over. And I was like, Are you fucking kidding? There's a Transformer with a walking stick. And I remember thinking that, like, what have they done to my jet fire? Mate, what about, um, it was it was the same with, like, Galvatron, when they did, brought Galv- Galvatron into it. Like, I, I mean, I like the kind of idea that he was a lorry. I kind of liked it, but it was, it, it, it could, the backstory, how, how Galvatron really came about from the cartoons with, you yeah. know, the whole movie and Unicron and stuff like that. And that, that, that fucking, I can't remember the name of it, that, that sort of, robot that had the different faces where it turned it had different faces do you remember the tentacles i can't remember its name yeah. that was fucking awesome and look how they did it i don't know how we've got onto transformers i'll tell you what though go Joggers. go on netflix and watch the three-part animated kind of tv series uh war for cybertron 
Yeah, because yeah. it is fucking. It is an actual homage to Generation One Transformers, and I've watched it. I've season three's not come out yet, but they have got season one and two on now. Season three is actually going to be a Beast Wars one. Okay. So they've at the end of season two, they've like landed on the planet now, like with a jungle kind of thing. So I'm guessing it's around about the dinosaur era on Earth. So they've always been here, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, but watch that. And that is a great little origin story. And to get everyone clued up on Transformers, like what happened, how like Jetfire went from being a Decepticon to an Autobot and all that kind of stuff. It's fucking, I loved it, man. And it is so good. And this is what they need to do with the movies. And I thought they were starting to go in that direction a little bit with Bumblebee. And now they're doing the Beast Wars. So I'm going to have to see it. It's one of those things where I'm quite, I am very reserved about it because I've got a feeling it could be just another one of the shit franchise Transformers, an extra one for that. And I know you're saying that they're going on from Bumblebee, but I don't see it being what I want. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to see Optimus Prime as an ape. I want to see Optimus Prime as the Generation 1 truck, like he was at the opening sequence of Bumblebee, where it was the battle on Cybertron. That's well, how you saw Optimus Prime, and he looked fucking amazing. From what I what I've read, they they chose 1994 as the year, and they said one of the main reasons they chose 1994 was because of the music that came out in 1994. And I had a quick look at trying to remember what songs come out, but then when you look at it, like first the songs that come out, 1994 music, I swear by Alpha One. Okay, that's not gonna, is that going to go in there? Um, but then I like to move it came out in 1994 in a Transformers movie. Okay, that'd be quite fun. I like to move it. Uh, Wigfield Saturday Night came out in 1994. Is that going to go in the movie? Um, we had, hang on, what else? Blur was out then. Uh, Girls and Boys. Buddy Holly by Weezer. Um, oh, yeah. Here Comes the Hot Stepper. Just like Buddy Holly. Here Comes the Hot Stepper was out in 1994. So there's some good. Hot Stepper. Yeah. Okay. Um, we had Regulate by Warren G. I love that song. Regulators! It was a clear black <laughs> night. A clear white moon. See, Basket Case by Green Day came out in 1994. Mm. That's a great song you could put in there. So there is some great choices of music to go in there. So that, that's... Well, there's going to be great songs from any year at some point. There's going to be songs from... Yeah, yeah like not, any year you think of. 94 that's... is when, like, Cheese really started. Like, proper cheese started just before we got the spice girls so there's not going to be spice girls because they were like 95 96 but there's going to be some great songs and if maybe i think it might have been 1995 but boom boom well, boom by the outer brothers might be in there let me hear just say to show you that you can actually put music from any kind of genre into any kind of program you've got the two opposite ends of the spectrum the boys was using zig zig that wannabe song by spice girls yeah yeah so, not being funny, but you can literally put any song into any program and make it work. Like, <laughs> The Boys, ultra-violent, using Spice Girls. Yeah, that's... that's it's, it kind of works. works. It kind of works for <laughs> Billy, though, doesn't it? It kind of works for him. Um, yeah, you could, yeah, so, yeah, great choice of music to go in 1994, I think, and... We, we, Transformers, are you excited about it though? Are you looking forward to it overall? Or are you just I'm op- always kind of like optimistic? I'm always, yeah, I'm always interested to see something from my childhood. Like if there's a new Turtle movie, if there's a new Transformers movie, if there's a Ghostbusters movie, you know, all those kind of things that we grew up with that were big parts of our childhood. 
I'm always interested to see how it's going to turn out. So I will always go, but I'm always at the same time optimistic, a little bit reserved because I have got majorly excited for things in the past, like a Turtles movie, like a Transformers movie. But then I'm super excited for a live action Turtles movie. And then I see Donatello and I was like, (laughs) for fuck's sake, because that's my guy. Yeah. Power to the purple turtle. But all of a sudden it's like, I see Donatello and I'm like, what have they done? Like, what have they done to my baby? It's To be fair, I enjoyed the first Turtles movie, but I hated the way they looked. Like, yeah, I really... like, I didn't really like it. I and think then... they've gone... This this is the problem when they try to make it. They're taking what everyone remembers as those characters, even, like, our kids now. Like, my, my daughter's grown up watching the Ghostbusters animated TV show as well and stuff like that. So that's how she knows them to look. So when they sit there and they put it into today's day and age and they go, you know what? We're going to give it a modified look, girls, ghostbusters. This is how we're going to make them look. And you're like, but you're taking away the nostalgic feel for it now. Like, this is how we remember the proton packs looking. This is how we remember the outfits looking. This is how we remember the Ecto one looking. And you've changed all of that, but what you've, you've tried to modernize it. But at the same time, those little kids that you're now catering to, like my daughter, who's now 10, she's now, seen that old Ghostbusters. So that's what she's familiar with as well. So everyone knows, everyone's familiar with the original content. Same with Transformers. You know, everyone's familiar with the original Generation 1 content of Transformers, but then you try and modernise it, and it doesn't look right. And it's this whole thing of, like, no one's going to believe or no one's going to buy into a Transformer looking as they did back in G1. But then you look at the opening sequence of uh, Bumblebee, and the Wolf Cybertron, and they've got the Generation 1 Transformers, and you're like, holy fuck, look how good they look. It yeah. brings back those floods of nostalgia, and it works. You've just got to give it a fucking chance. Anything can work if you stick to the source material. You branching off from the source material is what fucks it up. So the Turtles, say the new anime, or the new live-action films that came out, they didn't look like Turtles to me. That is not how they look. Like, as bad as, like, the old one was with the old rubber suits, at least that looked like the fucking turtles. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's good. But they can do a lot more nowadays. They can make it look a bit more realistic. So it doesn't have to be big rubbery suits. They can still CGI if they want to, but just make it a little bit more like the source material. Don't branch it off and try and modernise it. Yeah. no, Because no. that's, that's when it loses its it's feel for me because like, as I said, we all love these things. Like the f- reason we get excited for anything like Batman, like all this stuff, is because of the nostalgic feelings it brings for us of what we used to watch as kids, what we used to see in. And then when you totally change that, you've, you've taken everything out of it that we love and enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. So, so shock, shock us with things in the movie, but keep the source that we know and love. I mean, Marvel, they they've, they have been pretty good. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like they've done Civil War, which wasn't the Civil War from the comics, but they did it their version. The characters all looked like they fucking should look like. That's that's the least thing you can do is make the characters look like they should. Maybe change the story and do things differently. Same with Endgame, Infinity War, and the, 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 the Infinity Gauntlet Saga in in the comics and stuff like. That. It's not exactly the same, but they kept most of the basics the same. Yeah, so we, and we, um, when you look back at how that all started as well, back when Fox started this whole superhero genre off, like proper kickstarted it all again with the X Men, they took they didn't go with the source material, and they was actually turning around and saying, "Well, no one's actually going to believe that a bunch of superheroes going to walk around with blue and yellow 
outfits on and all that lot. No one's going to buy into their original comic book costumes. So we're just going to put them in black leather fucking bike outfits. You know what I mean? And it's like you took away a thing that made it feel like X-Men a little bit. Like even the looks of some of the villains, like when you they, you know, they changed it all. And, and it's made, like and made jokes about it being like, were you going to wear yellow spandex? Made jokes. Yeah, and they made jokes about like taking the piss out of source material, like of what made it so popular. And they're like, mm, no one's going to believe that. And then lo and behold, Marvel kick in, and Iron Man comes out in an actual Iron Man costume with the actual colours. They didn't give it a full metal colour or anything like that because no one's going to believe that he's going to colour it red and thingy. You know, like four in his original outfit, Spider-Man in his original outfit. No one's, how can you sit there and say that no one's going to believe that a superhero can exist in the real world? Why are you fucking giving them their superpowers then? Because why is that more fucking realistic than them wearing a certain colored outfit? You fucking bellend. Like you're sitting there saying no one's going to believe that this guy's going to walk around in fucking yellow and blue fucking mask, like mask and uh, fucking yellow and blue outfit. But fuck, they can believe that his entire skeleton structure got taken over with alamantium and he's got claws coming out of his hands. That's fucking believable, you fucking pillock. Well, we should really get a job at Marvel or Disney or Fox or something. We'd do really well. We could we could make some great movies. Um, as long as someone else writes <laughs> it for it. Someone writes it for us and stuff. We just go, look, look fucking put the yellow spandex yeah, on Wolverine. You- you know what we need to be? We need to be, the, you know those people with Warner Brothers, the high ups that people go to with material and then they go... No, it's not funny enough. It's too dark. And uh, I don't like this and I don't like that. And give uh, Henry Cavill a CGI mustache, CGI that out. Although those guys that make those decisions, that's where we should be on those yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we should be there because ca- I can't make a movie. Wait, I know you, the source Wait, you've got a scene in a cartoon where Batman's going down on Catwoman? Stick it in! <laughs> yeah. Fuck yes, I want to see that. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like silly things like that. When someone comes up to me with a Batman movie and goes, and I, if I sat there and read that and go, holy shit, this is dark. Like, this is really dark. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I'd be. I wouldn't be like, man, there's not enough jokes. Yeah. No, no. realistically, we'd be sat there like they bring us like, what's this scene where Batman goes down on Catwoman? Leave it here for five minutes and do not come in my fucking office, okay? I'm going to You're going to lock this. the door this time. Yeah, yeah, lock the door, make sure the missus doesn't walk in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't believe I started the podcast by talking about that, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we've talked about worse. Yeah, no, we have, we have. Um, speaking just quickly on Spider-Man, obviously still no Spider-Man, No Way Home trailer, and every day there is a rumour that it's coming every single day. People now genuinely believe it's going to come at the end of Loki. Um, so, come, come, uh, come, come. 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 You have to hear come, don't you? But um, <laughs> supposedly um, Kevin Feige's a bit pissed off with Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina, exactly. who plays Doc Ock in uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, who's okay. meant to, who's meant to be back in uh, No Way Home. But it's pretty much confirmed because he's gone in an interview saying, look, during the filming, I wasn't allowed to talk about it, secrets. But uh, yeah, I, I went back, filmed, and it just feels hard because I'm older now and it's quite hard doing the physical work. And Kevin Feige's pretty much pissed off because he's actually spoke about the fact that he's dressed up as Doc Ock and in the movie. So um, yeah, it looks yeah, like we I'm are like, getting... I can kind of see like their point of view for that because like we all love it when we've gone in to watch a movie and they've played it up as this is the bad guy and you're like oh that's a bit of an underwhelming bad guy or something like that and then halfway through boom that's not the bad guy this is the bad guy and no one knew it and it's like oh you know you love those surprises in movies and um it is very very hard now with the internet and leaks and stuff of to keep anything a secret so it's like could you imagine like going seeing the flash right and us not knowing that 
Ben Affleck's Batman was in it. Us not knowing that Supergirl was even going to be in it. Us not knowing that anyone was going to be in it. And just watching it and seeing it unfold. You feel a little bit robbed, didn't you? That you're not going to have this surprise now, this excitement that this you're seeing this for the first time. Because we all know that excitement. It's literally like sitting there going, oh, by the way, when you get home, you're going to have a surprise party. You don't know how it's what it's going to look like, or you don't know how it's going to play out, but you've got surprise parties, so just be warned. Yeah, and you walk through that door, and it's not a surprise anymore. That's what you know. What I mean, it's still nice that you're seeing it, but it's no longer that surprise. You're taking away the element of walking through that door, and boom, there is, and you had no idea. That kind of adrenaline rush of not knowing and it happening. You know what I mean? And I, I feel a little bit robbed sometimes. This is why I try and stay away from trailers and movie news a lot. And it's harder doing stuff like this podcast because you have to stay up to date with stuff. Um, I try not to see too many spoilers, like Loki. I don't go looking for stuff and I've not seen anything on it, so which is good. And it's hard to try and stay away from something for like near on seven weeks just so you can watch something. But I miss that. I miss the days before internet and stuff like that of going to a movie not knowing who the bad guy is in the movie, you know, and stuff like that and not watching a trailer. So like, I think back to the day when I, you know, I went to see the Batman films, uh, the old ones, you know, like the Tim Burton ones, not knowing that like Mr. Freeze was in it or anything like that and stuff like that. It's like you stay away. Obviously with Mr. Freeze, I knew that because he's on the fucking billboard. But you know what I mean? It's like you don't know of sub villains that they put in things and you don't know about sub characters that they put in there as a surprise. And I miss those days of, literally seen it for the first time. And the, the Flash is going to be a great example of that because they're adding so many characters into it that let's, we all let's know go about in, Let's go into The Flash. And it's, it's perfect time to talk about The Flash. So obviously in the last two weeks, there's been quite a few leaked images and stuff like that, and including this week, which I don't think you've seen. You didn't see that featurette thing that I told you about, did you? No, got no. Released. No, I, I, I've watched it, um, and it's basically supposedly it's the what's going to what's going to be released for Fandom this year. Um, yeah. It's like a feature out about the Flash, and uh, as I said to you, Esmerilla, Esmerilla, Esmeralda, Esmeralda, Ezra Miller is uh, talking about the fact that there's more than one Batman in it, and then there's some concept art. Um, which is pretty fucking awesome. But obviously we've seen the leaked images that have officially come from the set, um, starting with Supergirl. Supergirl was the first one we see where you see her suspended above the air in full costume. And it is, so that we, we have confirmed that is Supergirl's costume. Um, um, and she's in it. So that, I mean, what do you think of, what did you think of Supergirl? Um, it's very different to the Supergirl we're all used to, I guess. I know that there's some diff, like so many characters have changed um, over the years in terms of looks in comics. And I know there is one with, obviously, shorter black hair, uh, Supergirl. But my, the Supergirl that I obviously know growing up in, like, the 80s, 90s and stuff like that, like, with the Supergirl movie, I think was the first time I ever saw Supergirl. Mm. Um, blonde hair, red skirt, um, blue, obviously, the red, red and blue gimmick. But um, that's my first introduction to Supergirl. And then all the comics and stuff like that from then on was always, even the animated movies was always the blonde, short, uh, like haired Supergirl, like Sheldon and Pear. So that's how I know Supergirl. And I know there are different versions of her out there. So I'm not overly fussed with the look. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't hate it. Like I know that there was, there was a bit of a weird bit with the abs on the uh, costume where I was like, that looks odd. But then I've been apparently told that or read that that's actually the harness that's keeping her up. That'll be edited out. 
Yeah, yeah. So because she's being suspended, that's actually like the brace underneath the costume that they've linked all the wires to. But um, so it'd be good to see an actual edited image of what that's going to look like with the cape and stuff like that. I'm, I'm just excited to see Supergirl because actually Supergirl's supposed to be more powerful than Superman. Yeah, and, and, and in, it, like it's, the comics. it's pretty much confirmed that she's not playing Kara, it's the other Supergirl. For, and there's a rumour going around that she's actually the Supergirl of Michael Keaton's universe. Okay. So that's interesting. Well, it makes sense since that he's in that universe at that time. Like, Michael Keaton's there, so he's there, so... Yeah, and then, like that. All, I think all that is is it's leaving the door open to recast people because fuck me, we know that Warner Brothers love recasting. Yeah, don't they? And just? what better way to explain it than multiverse? Yeah, like... um, there's obviously we've seen pictures of Ezra Miller um, with his sort of slightly different hairstyle, and he, the picture we've seen is him wearing a suit, but he's also got a his gold fucking ring. Dad suit, by the looks of it. Yeah, he's got. A yeah, gold I've seen ring. that as well. The old so, comic book ring. So, I mean, obviously, we know it's meant to be on the middle finger, but Ezra Miller, he like I've seen him like in interview stuff. He generally wears like if he wears a ring, he'll wear it on his first finger. So, like, yeah. it kind of goes with him, I suppose. It suits him. It's not like the biggest change that he's changed finger the rings on. But yeah, I mean, the... like, it'll be cool to see an actual flash quick change from the old flash ring. Like, I'd yeah. like to see it and how they do it, and I would still like to see the costume because I'm not a fan of the current costume. No, and the, the, co- the costume that we're yeah. on it. The costume that we're supposed to be getting is meant to be coming, like, from the looks of it, it's coming from the ring. And, again, rumours are that Michael Keaton gives him the new suit. And the pictures that we've seen, people believe that this is from the end of the movie. Um, and strong rumours that this is the end of the movie where whatever Barry has done to change the multiverse, now Michael Keaton is the official Batman in the, the main main universe. Which means, mm. that means Ben Affleck's gone. Um, but Michael Keaton's... So... That would be uh, I, to me. I'd rather him still have his own universe and be Michael Keaton. I'd like Ben Affleck to carry on as Batman, but we may not get that. We may not get that now, and Ben Affleck may just be doing his swan song in this movie. Um, yeah. But speaking of Michael Keaton, we got our first image of Michael Keaton on set, and the simplest of things in that picture got me so excited was his hair. Yeah, I mean, like, I remember, like, you said that to me, and I, I did find it weird that you picked up on the exact same small point as I did. Because, the, the, I mean, like, when you look at Michael Keaton, his general hair that he has, that short, sort of very short, grey, blonde hair, looks yeah. very similar to Batman Beyond's Bruce Wayne, and like, it kind of works. But then yeah. they showed this picture where he's got longer grey, silver hair swept back, and it looked like the older version of the hair he had in 89. So he's like, oh, fuck, yeah. even better. That just that to me was like, oh shit, yes, yes, make him look like. I mean, I they didn't need to do anything. I would have been happy. Kept his hair yeah. as it was. I would have been happy. But doing that, I was like, oh yeah, oh yes, we're getting Michael Keaton's Batman properly. That that's yeah, well, quite. I still think even with those set images, that we're probably not going to see him as Batman. I think they'll probably CGI him younger, maybe, and put him in the Bat costume and like have that one. But you're not going to see a current day. As he is there in the bat suit, I don't think. I think he's a bit too old for it now. See, I, like I said, I know what you, your views are, and we've both talked about. Well, this my views are only a little home. bit. My views are only a little bit stronger because I've seen that featurette and the concept arts that came from it. Yeah. Um, so I'll say no more on that. But yeah, but we all know that Warner Brothers like to wind people up and give them something and then not actually give it to them. We're not meant to be slagging off Warner Brothers today. Like this, I was quite excited about talking about Warner Brothers, but. 
Yeah, Warner Brothers are going to probably fuck this up somehow, aren't they? Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably probably going to fuck this right up. But yeah, so The Flash is, continues to build up as to, to be the, the ultimate fucking DC movie so far. Um, I mean, I don't think I've got any other notes on anything else that was released from... Um, oh, sorry. Michael Keaton has supposedly signed on for three movies. That's something Batman else. Beyond. Batman Beyond. Yeah, that's what we that's want. That's what I've been thinking. I think that this whole setup for him being in The Flash isn't just to get the classic Batman there. I think it's to set up the future Batman Beyond movies. I think because we all know that they like to introduce characters to set something up. Warner Brothers want to lay some kind of groundwork. And I think this is literally just a, let's just put him in it to set up the Batman Beyond films and make him a part of this movie for that movie. Yeah, they're very, very true. Um, but any more you want to talk about the Flash movie? Have you got any other tidbits? Um, yeah, as far as the Flash goes, no, not really. Because like I said, the only thing I've seen is what you've seen, which was the three teaser images. Because I actually told you about them. Have you seen like the uh, Supergirl suit and all that kind of stuff? There was teasing the chest plate. So I think we maybe got more of those to come at some point. A couple of chest plates come through to teasing characters. We'll see. Um but yeah, as far as DC goes, there's not too much on it. I mean, I heard that the uh, Ben Affleck is still going to be Batman because they're planning on doing a Batgirl movie. I, ho- with, I uh, hope so. I don't. I, I I think it's like he's too good of a Batman to just lose him. Same with yeah. Henry Cavill as Superman. Like he is fucking Superman now. He is yeah. like you're then going to make us like if you're going to bring in another Superman, we're going to have to then believe someone else to be Superman when we when we've got a Superman we we enjoy. Yeah. We fucking enjoy him as Superman. We enjoy Ben Affleck as Batman. They fucking they are Batman and Superman of this yeah. current generation. Okay, bring in others, bring in others, but don't lose the ones we've got as well. Yeah. So all I've heard is that um, Warner Brothers are very interested in Emma Stone playing Batgirl. Uh, okay, J.K. Simmons, if I've got that right, J.K. Simmons returning as Jim Gordon, who was cast in the Ben Affleck's Batman one, and then Ben Affleck as the Batman. So it seems that they're kind of because I, I know they worked shit out, didn't they, with Ben Affleck and all that lot. Like, he's in a better headspace about things. They kind of aired out some differences. So I know there was this whole thing of, like, he's never playing Batman again to the point where he said, well, it's not unlikely that I'm going to be back as... Like, he not generally, said, he generally actually said in an interview, wasn't he, that he's done with it. He, he, yeah, he, he and, confirmed. But, but then, then he came back for reshoots for Justice League. And uh, he's actually turned around and said he's in a better position with Warner Brothers and all that about it now. So as long as they keep to what he wants Batman to be then he'll happily come back. So I think it's more in Warner Brothers' court in terms of how much freedom they're going to give them. So the fact that Warner Brothers are very interested in doing this, they've already said that they'd like to possibly cast Emma Stone. It it sounds promising, but I don't think he's probably going to be widely used in Warner Brothers now, like for Justice League movies and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. But at the moment, it just seems a bit weird because I don't know if they're done with... Justice League type movies now. Obviously, we're done with Snyder Cut. Fuck that shit off. But future new Justice League movies. I don't know where they're going to go with that. Are they going to use this new maybe Batman Beyond Batman? Are they going to um, bring back Ben Affleck specifically for the Justice League movies? Are they going to end up using? Uh, fuck knows. I like that's the thing. This is what's weird about one of them. We have no idea what direction they're going because at the moment they have almost three fucking universes branching off now. Yeah, they have they have the current Justice League one where it's got Aquaman, Wonder Woman, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. Then they're like, we're not using 
Ben Affleck anymore. And then they're interested in doing a Batgirl movie with Ben Affleck in it as well. So now that's almost like a different fucking universe. And then they've got this Batman Beyond one. Then they've got the new one with Joker and fucking the Twilight Batman. Princess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's, there's a lot of a lot of fucking branches going in different directions for different universes. Like it is a bit confusing. You'd have no real idea of where they're going with it. But um I'm just happy to be getting DC movies to be yeah. honest. As long yeah. as they're good. Like we've seen the new Shazam outfits, which Shazam is outfits. Uh, something that got Suicide released. Squad trailer got released, um the new one, um which look it just looks like a fun movie. I mean the whole thing yeah. with the weasel is it a is it a werewolf? Yeah, fucking yeah, and he's you trying to strap himself on the plane. You've put me next to a werewolf? Um <laughs> Polka Dot Man, yeah. I'm a superhero. Looks amazing, just the whole thing. And it's just it all just looks yeah. fun and it very much gives the James Gunn feel away from it. The thing that I like about it is in the opening credit bits it says from the like something like from the troubling mind of the James twisted Gunn. Mind of James the, Gunn. From the disturbing mind. It said something like that. It, it gave a descriptive word of his mind. It was like from the disturbing mind or the twisted mind of James Gunn. And just that one line, I thought, that's awesome because now you know it's going to be messed up. Yeah, yeah, At yeah. the same time, it's quite funny. So it's like, it, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like and, That's going to um, be one of the ones I'll go to the cinema for. Just a question. Maybe we'll go to the cinema. Yeah, maybe. Just, just a question. Um, starfish is slang for uh, a butthole. Is that, <laughs> yeah, is that a reference? I oh, that is brilliant. Actually, actually brilliant. well done, John Cena. Even though there was just nobody sat there asking the question because um, you can't see him. Yeah, and then we had Shang Chi trailer as well. Um, I, we would have yes. delved into this, but we've had a few problems with the internet. So well, there's not too much to dive into except for just one thing that I know of mainly, and I had to go back to watch this because obviously I saw it. And I was like, still looks good because I'm a big fan of like the martial arts movies, especially the proper original Japanese ones, the ones that were subtitled. I love them. And the old ones. And you've got a couple of, like, big acts in there. The uh, woman that plays his mum, I know she's from, like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She's a big deal in, like, those Japanese movies. And I was really liking the feel for it. They've proper gone to school on, like, those classic Japanese martial arts movies. It's starting to look a bit like that mixed in with a modern Marvel movie. And I like that kind of crossover, so I'm looking forward to that. But I watched it and I was like, yeah, that's great. But then I heard that fucking... I, I saw the guy from um, Doctor Strange in it. Uh, I can't remember his fucking Benedict name. I saw Wong. him do... Yeah, I saw his, like, fucking force field guy. What the fuck? I've just, I've just confused Benedict Cumberbatch and Wong, the character. But it's Wong, isn't it? It's Wong from... <laughs> yeah, uh... it's Wong. So I spotted that bit when he does the shield thing. I was like, you've seen that in Doctor Strange. I was like, oh, shit, that's thingy in a cage fighting some kind of monster. And then someone put up the... Abomination was the one that I was like, fuck off. So I had to go all the way back, go watch it again. And I only saw this about a week after the trailer release. So I was like, I, I, it was ages before I saw it. And everyone was like, Abomination fighting Wong in a fucking UFC cage fight. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Went back, watched it. And I was like, holy fuck, it's actually Abomination. Yeah. In the cage with Wong. And I was like, that's pretty fucking sick. Like, yeah. we've not seen Abomination since the um, Incredible Hulk. Yeah, The Incredible Hulk, which I thought was a great movie. I'm really sad that they kind of didn't go further with that, and I know that was a lot to do with the uh, the actor wanting his way and the. Well, no, I've heard different things. Like he's saying that they like they they were being difficult. That he they say he was difficult. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's very back and forth. But yeah. either way, both of them together made a good movie. Yeah. So regardless of who was being difficult, they made a good movie and I would like to see more come from that. Obviously now we've got a new Hulk. I'm still waiting for a good Hulk movie. 
It's never um, going to happen. They can't because uh, Universal still own the rights to the Hulk movie. So he'll only ever he can be in She Hulk because they've got the rights to She Hulk, but they yeah. can't cannot physically do the right unless they can strike up a deal like they did with Sony and Spider Man. But I'm you know I'm kind of all right with them doing films like Thor Ragnarok, for example. And this for me is the only film where Thor became relevant from that point on. Like I thought he was a bit of a like I I, I like Thor. But I thought just the movies didn't really do him justice. I thought he was a bit of a shit character in a lot of the movies going forward. And as soon as like Thor Ragnarok came out, that's when I saw it in a whole new light. And after that, he got really fucking good in the movies. Yeah. You believed him more as a more powerful being, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what I thought. He's like, he is a massive, he's a fucking god. He's like a fucking massive, powerful being. And it's like, yeah, they just, it didn't seem that way in the movies. And then all of a sudden, Thor Ragnarok comes along with the 80s film, fucking made it amazing. And then everything after that, it was like, mate, he's a fucking badass. Like him coming into Wakanda and fucking shit up with uh, Stormbreaker and stuff. Bring like, me Thanos! Yeah, it's like, it's fucking, this guy's an absolute fucking savage. Even to the point where they went back a few steps, but it was still good in a way with the whole bro four. Yeah, yeah. But obviously in the next one, we've got Party 4, which I'm fucking psyched for, 80s Party 4. They've gone. They've gone. Obviously, four was always a bit more serious. The movies, weren't they? They really lighthearted with Ragnarok. I mean, I, I love that opening sequence. Four, son of Odin, searcher, you son of a bitch, <laughs> son of a <laughs> bitch. Um, but it's uh, yeah, like I'm looking forward to that, and I'm I'm okay for them to do tie-in movies with because obviously Hulk was a big part of Ragnarok. So yeah. it was kind of like Thor and the Hulk, you know what I mean? And I'm still hoping that they're going to do a Wolverine and the Hulk, like the animated movie with uh, Hulk versus Wolverine. So that would be a great way for them to bring in Wolverine again. It would be a nice Hulk and Wolverine. All I know from movie. what I've read is that whenever we see Hulk, he's going to be completely different again. So it's not going to be smart Hulk again. So what's Thank going to be next? That. I was not a fan of that. <laughs> that it was I did funny, that it was funny but like... It kind no. of... You haven't got Hulk, have you? It's not Hulk. No, that's what I'm saying. Hulk is that unkillable fucking... It's just a force of nature. And it's like, it's if he enters the battlefield, shit's going down, which is why they took him out of certain fights for like the... Was it the Age of Ultron? Was he not in? What one was he Civil not in? War. Civil War. Civil anyway. War, yeah. He weren't in it because it's like... <laughs> same with four. You put those two... On the battlefield, you lot can fuck off. You ain't, you're not winning. Like, the only thing that made it good was like Iron Man with the Hulkbuster armor. It's like, all right, okay, you had to create this ridiculous bit of armor to, to even compete with Hulk a little bit and beat Shaolin. But it's like, he's, he's dangerous. And when you saw him in the Thanos movie, and I think that's why they doled him down a bit because he was that cowardly character now, he's scared of Thanos. And it's like, we'll take him out of the picture because he could probably kick shit out of Thanos a bit. So that's like, let's take him out and not use him. Let's make him scared to fucking fight Thanos or whatever because he's got PTSD from his first fight with him. Um, but yeah, they, they dulled him down a lot and I really didn't enjoy him in those movies. And I think they've got a bit of work to do to kind of build him back up again. Yeah, you've got, you've got to change him again because it's just not going to... Smart Hulk is not gonna. It was it was a novelty for Endgame. It was funny. It was quite interesting. It was a completely different way. But how? What can you do but, with that character? Yeah, like you. What can you do with him? You diluted him so much that I literally think that Hawk, like anyone, could have beat him. 
anyone could have been fucking Black Widow could have kicked shit out of him. It's just like it just he wasn't scary or powerful anymore, was he? He wasn't like a force to be reckoned with. No, no. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was like, I'm, I, they've got a lot of work to do to redeem that character, I think. Um, but I look forward to seeing the old Hulk back. That's for sure. Well, I think we've pretty much covered everything I've got on my list. Have you got anything you want to talk about? No, I literally I had the smallest list possible today of things that was uh, coming out. I think I've actually mentioned off the top of my head a couple of things, like the old Batman, uh, Batgirl movie. Yeah. I didn't have that written down, but I did have it two weeks ago when I thought of it. So what's, what What do we learn going forward? Anytime you see anything going Yeah, forward, I'm going to make notes write on Write it down. It's always yes. so. Unagi, remember. <laughs> right, that has been episode 22 of Talks with Dorks. Don't forget, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook and what's the other one? Twitter by following at TalkDork. Because it just doesn't, no one really goes on Twitter. No one does anything. But I have to mention it because we've got it. At TalkDork Podcast. And we will be back in a couple of weeks with another, another episode talking about what's going on in the world of Dork. My name's Ryan. That's Ash. Ash, any final words from you? Peace. See you later. up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. With MailChimp, you get more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. With things like data-driven recommendations and powerful automation tools. Get started today at MailChimp.com smartmarketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. Looking to be more productive while working from home? A bigger display might help. Welcome back to Textonation. I'm Fred Fishkin. With us from ViewSonic is product manager Ray Hedrick. Thanks for taking the time, Ray. Thank you, Fred. Let's talk first about the advantages uh, of a widescreen monitor. On a, on a desktop when you're working from home, Zooming, whatever you happen to be doing? Sure, yeah. So um, the, the era of the square four by three or even five by four monitors definitely behind us. Uh, everybody now has a widescreen, either 16 by nine or uh, even common now is, is now ultra wide, which we can, we would say 21 by nine. So a really, really wide display. Um, and in terms of productivity, um, we've seen just in our company and with our customers that side-by-side productivity is uh, really, really important. And so by having that, that wide display, you can have two different things going at the same time. You can have your Excel up and your PowerPoint. You can have your web up and Word, whatever you need, your email, you know. Uh, we do that very, very often, especially now that uh, everyone seems to be on some type of platform, whether it's Zoom or Teams or whatever it might be. Um, you got to have a space for that on your screen. So the more screen real estate you give yourself, the better you can kind of get it off from the corner and still get your work done. 
It's it's pretty common to have seen uh, in in the past and even today uh, people using more of the traditional sized monitors, but but multiple monitors, two yes. or sometimes sometimes three. This can really simplify the the whole process of giving you that screen real estate, having a single widescreen. Yeah, absolutely. We do have customers who do still prefer the sort of multiple display. Um, we know just from speaking to psychologists and doctors that there actually is a, a mental difference between having something on a different display. So if you're somebody who likes to compartmentalize your work, and that's something that, that um, your users prefer to do, then you may still actually want that multiple display solution. But for most people, they just want more room to work. So one big display, you don't have to run as many cables, it's not as complicated, it works on more desk types. Um, that tends to be what we can do. And the limitation before is you just couldn't make screens big enough. Now we can make enormous screens. So you can do it all on one big screen and it's not hard to manufacture and it's not expensive. You have a new 34 inch curved screen model. Give us the, the overview. Yes, so that one is the VP3481A. Um, that is a revision on a model that we had previously that we really just wanted to make it into the kind of ultimate work from home solution. Um, so what that monitor is in a nutshell, it's, it's one of those ultra wides. It's a 34 inch diagonal size, uh, very, very high resolution and also actually fast refresh rate. So 100 uh, frames per second refresh rate with uh, AMD FreeSync. So if you're a gamer, those are some big buzzwords for you. So surprisingly good gaming monitor, but also color calibrated. Um, so if you've got web work, uh, video work, that kind of stuff, and you need to master it on a screen, um, that screen is capable of that. And additionally, the, the part that we improved this year uh, was we added a gigabit ethernet to that monitor. So it'll take your full network speed right into the monitor and then send that over a USB-C cable uh, to your laptop. And uh, we see it with most companies, that's really the deployment strategy for work from home. They give you a laptop with USB-C on it. Uh, and that cable will not only allow you to do the video, the audio to the monitor, um, but it gets you that USB and that internet back to your computer and as additionally also 90 watts of charging power. So you don't need to have your brick connected to your laptop anymore because in a sense the brick is built into the monitor. Uh, it just makes a very easy one cable plug and go solution. Really interesting. So the idea is that you've got, I guess what we're commonly called a docking station. Yes. Built into so. the monitor. Very much so. And as we go back to uh, maybe a little bit more hybrid solutions, or uh, we're even looking at our own office not having assigned seating anymore. So we always used to have desks and uh, we want it to be a little bit more organic, a little bit more fluid. You come in and you pick a desk. And as long as they're all outfitted with these docking monitors and you've got your you know, uh, company provided laptop, you just set it down, plug it in one cable, nothing IT needs to help you come set up. And in a second, you already have everything that you had, all your emails, all your windows, everything open and you're ready to work. Um, and then when you're done for the day, you unplug it and you go with a full battery in your laptop. So um, we think that this is gonna be really awesome for people that are trying to figure out what the new office is going to look like because it's just a lot simpler. It takes a lot of that IT work out of the equation. And you have some other widescreen solutions as well? We do. We, we, have, um, we have a whole lineup, actually. We, we build more than 100 different monitor models. So uh, we have everything up to a 38-inch ultra-wide, and then uh, we still have even down to our bread and butter 22 and 24-inch monitors and uh, docking solutions in basically every size. There's also a new 27-inch 
4K display. Tell us about this and what sets it apart. Yes, um, that one is our uh, another one in the VP lineup. So VP is a sort of ViewSonic professional. So that ultra wide that I just spoke to, uh, that's why it's color calibrated because it's sort of one of our professional monitors. This one is as well. Um, so this is the VP 2756 4K, um, 27 inch IPS 4K display color calibrated. Um, and our goal here is actually to kind of bring that high end spec to a much more reasonable price, a much lower street price than we've seen on our previous offerings, um, because we are seeing growth in sort of that prosumer space, um, amateur photographers, uh, people who like to do graphic design at home, web work, um, a mommy blogger is one that we that we have come up quite a bit and uh, even streamers who want to do some of their own uh, video editing and streaming work at home there's just an opportunity there for a larger market of people who don't need a super professional monitor but still have very high expectations of screen quality and they they do need that color calibration and uh, their cameras their phones even are shooting in, in 4k if they're doing video these days so yeah. might as well see it on the big screen yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, we've democratized high high resolution quite a bit. You can get it on a lot of monitors and a lot of devices. Where does pricing start? Pricing start on that one. Um, I believe our street price on that one is about three ninety nine. But uh, we've seen a lot of changes here in pricing recently because of the shortages and and uh, shipping right. costs. So don't hold me to a number on that one. All right, that's difficult for for everybody in this space, I suppose. Today, there's also a new gaming monitor. Tell us about that and what sets it apart and it makes it perfect for gaming. Yes, so in our XG lineup, which is our gamer focused lineup, um, we have the XG 2431. Uh, that's a 24 inch uh, IPS, uh, 240 Hertz gaming monitor. So very, very high refresh rate. Um, one of the actually fastest IPS panels that we offer um, used to be if you wanted a really nice you know, fast uh, gaming monitor, it had to be a TN panel, sort of a that, that old twisted technology that, that you used to have in laptops. Well, it used to be actually a very, very fast technology. So when you were gaming, you would get a really nice, clear image. Um, the disadvantage of those is that they had bad color, they had bad viewing angles, they weren't as bright. So there were a lot of disadvantages. And when IPS came around, it was so much better. We saw it in iPads and iPhones first and much better color you can see it from any angle but they were slow and we've been we and all the panel manufacturers really have been working for the last 10 years to make an ips that's fast and we finally gotten to the point where you can get full esports competitive ips monitors at a relatively low price so this 24 inch has a street price of about 350 but its spec would allow you to compete in say an esports tournament without any issue um, so we really think like when we see more arenas being built, um, this is a perfect thing to have set up at every station so that every player can have an even playing field, but a really, really good experience at a monitor that isn't going to break the bank for the arena builder. Certainly a, a growing area and I guess a, an area that you're looking to for growth. Absolutely. Yeah. We've been surprised at how quickly those types of initiatives, now that um, the pandemic is uh, starting to slow down, how, how many of these companies really want to get their esports initiatives, whether it's universities or colleges or dedicated esports arenas, want to outfit themselves with new hardware. Also arriving this month is something that you call a view board. It's an interactive display. Tell us what that's all about. 
Yes. So that is a that is a part of our company that I think is not that well understood on the consumer side that actually makes up more than half of our business. Um, so we are uh, one of the largest, if not the largest, uh, depending on what market you look at, of digital whiteboarding products. So basically, it's just a big screen, it's a big touch screen, um, and the real magic of it is is the software. We make it so that you can do anything on this that a normal teacher can do on a whiteboard or a chalkboard, and then a whole lot of other stuff. So say you want to give content to your students, sometimes it's really hard to digitally just give something to a student. Um, but everybody has a smartphone now. You can put up a big QR code up on your digital whiteboard. They can scan it, and boom, they have that document that you that you were showing or that PowerPoint you were showing. So um, it makes collaboration in the classroom really easy. Uh, and we're introducing one now um, on a much smaller size, a 43-inch size, that we actually think would be great in what we call huddle spaces. So small spaces in an office where you and a bunch of people are, you know, editing a document on the fly, you want to make changes, you need that interactive um, display to do it. Um, and so we're, we're kind of bringing that to, to a new market by making it smaller and more affordable. And what goes on on that display can can instantly be duplicated on, on, a, on a notebook or something like that? Or how does yes. it work? Uh -huh. You can screen share. I mean, we've, we've had scenarios where you can have a classroom where every student has a Chromebook and they're looking at a different part of that screen and they're editing one document on the fly and anything they're typing in is putting up on the whiteboard and it really impressive stuff. You can do a lot with uh, collaboration in, in the digital side of things and it really is all down to the software development. Another area is home entertainment. Now we've seen a, a lot of families investing in, I guess, the movie at home experience here. So tell us what you're doing there. You've got a new, uh, new projector. We do. So the one that we showed most recently is the M2E. Uh, it's part of our M lineup. Our M lineup is kind of a nice high-end, portable, really consumer-focused um, projectors. And they're really, really fun. Um, I actually took the M2E that we showed at, the, at our last Pepcom show. I, I took that one camping with me. And uh, we used it to, to make a, a huge projection. And I think we watched the entire Back to the Future trilogy while camping. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. And that's the thing about um, the way people want to use home entertainment and how they want to use projectors um, is they really want it just for fun. They're not necessarily trying to replace their big screen TV. TVs are their own market and it's very competitive and it's a very good product. Um, but projectors are completely different, completely different feel, completely different use cases. You know, this is the backyard entertainment piece. Um, other side of that are those who actually do want to start creating a dedicated theater in their house, and there is a very cinematic quality to having a, a mounted projector in your home. And we're seeing now that streaming platforms are releasing new exclusive content day and date with the theatrical release. So you're not losing anything by streaming that at home. You can sort of invite over a bunch of friends and have that movie and have your own theater experience and having it like a ViewSonic projector mounted is just going to make that that much more cinematic, that much more fun. Um, so we are seeing that that growth as well. Tell us a little more about the, the M2E. This has some terrific speakers even built into it, right? It does. It's actually got a pretty incredible spec. So the, the projector itself is only about this big, um, but it's a full 1080p projector. As you say, it's uh, got Harman Kardon speakers built in. 
So you don't need a separate speaker. Um, if you want to use a separate speaker, you can actually do Bluetooth out from the projector to say a portable speaker or a soundbar, and it will synchronize the audio and the video. So the, limps, the lip sync is good. Um, lots of flexibility there. If you want to use the speakers in the projector, you can Bluetooth music from your phone to the projector. There's a lot you can do with it. And of course, standard stuff, HDMI, USB-C, internal storage and apps. And the price on this is, I think, under six hundred dollars. So yeah, street price on this one hovers around uh, around five fifty. And it's it's lightweight. You mentioned taking it camping, so you can bring it along to the backyard camping, to yeah, friends, whatever. Portable. It is very portable. In fact, we give you a uh, we give you a case with it, so fully portable. Terrific. For more information, where's the best place for folks to go? Uh, best place for any information, anything that we think is really cool and important, we actually put it on our homepage at ViewSonic.com. So we've got rotators going around and we update it weekly. So uh, all the best news, all the best new products and solutions uh, right at ViewSonic.com. Terrific. And again, ViewSonic.com. Ray Hedrick, thank you for taking the time with us. Thank you, Fred. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio. And that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers. And that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions, too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC Skywave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL you get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions, and you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com smartmarketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses.
Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.